showing off. Adolin thought with amusement as Gallant pranced past him. Maybe Gallant would let him brush his coat. That would feel good. Like the evenings he'd spent with Sherblood in the dark calm of the stables. At least, that was what he'd done before everything got busy with Shalon and the duels and everything else. He'd ignored the horse right up until he'd needed Sherblood in battle. And then, in a flash of light, he was gone. Adolin took a deep breath. Everything seemed insane these days. Not just Sherblood, but what he'd done to Sadius. And now the investigation. Heroes of presents The Storm Pod. A Stormlight Archive podcast. Book 3. Oathbringer. This is just a quick spoiler warning for chapters 10 and 11 of Oathbringer. If you haven't read your chapters yet, or if you have picked the wrong episode, I would suggest going back and doing those two things to make sure that you're not spoiled at all. Also, just a quick show note. um, This will be the last episode before the Christmas break. So we were going to take two weeks off. Jack and I need some time to recharge during the holidays. Maybe we'll try to record as much as possible, but releasing, we are taking some time, two weeks that is, and we will be back on January 11th. So thank you very much for everything so far, and please enjoy the episode. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Sean Q, and he said he'd make an excellent mother, that he would teach the little spren to fly, to coast (laughs) the winds, and to harass me. It's Jack. What's up, man? <laughs> How you doing? Good, good. I had an alternative um, uh, intro today. I was going to say, uh, and he says it's hammer time, but then Dalinar like loses his hammer like two rounds into the battle. So it, it is hammer. This is a hammer time episode. That's right. for sure. And like, it's awesome. But then the dude fucking like falls on his hammer and bends the shit out of it. And then he has to use an yeah. axe for the final fight. Yeah. And I'm like, no, it's hammer time. Doesn't work anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I still liked I really liked his his weapon though like him having the hammer. Yeah. Um this is an exciting chapter 11. Chapter 11 particularly oh, is yeah. is really good. Well, it's we everything that you juicy kind bits. of hope for in a Dalinar flashback, right? Fighting yeah. his um his friendship and a closeness yeah. with Gavilar and Sadius. And Sadius, right? Mm-hmm. Um uh, we we find uh, we talk a little bit about his still his feelings back then for Navani. Um, this is yes, pre his yeah. wife, pre Adolin and Renarin. And yes. we get, I think what you had hoped for the most was this like, eerie, the sword, um, n- word that is now the Blackthorn precedes him. Oh in battle. yeah. The monster. Yeah. It's the Blackthorn. Like yeah, he's a black creature that's come yeah. upon them. He's like a universal monster. You like, you uh, asked me a couple of weeks ago when we recorded that little bit for the Halloween thing, which characters yeah. resemble Halloween characters, like scary movie yeah. characters. And yeah. this version of the Blackthorn is that, dude. Yeah, yeah I know. It's it, Well, we're going to get to it in chapter 11, but yeah. the little boy, the little boy <sighs> saying to him, you know, my daddy taught me that we are to fight monsters. Yeah. 
And then his you know, last, I think his last, like, well, obviously we'll get to it, but his last thought of the chapter is like, he thinks, uh, he thinks about a, 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 cr- a brave a crying, crying little boy. Yeah. Fuck dude. I know it's, it's heavy. Yeah. It's, it's, it's heavy. The characters, the wanted, characters right? are getting, well, it, it's what, it's what I wanted, but you know, there's a degree to which I can carry you know, the bridge with a character in terms right. of complexity. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like I find that, you know, it, I mean, once, okay, I'll just, I'll just bring it up like this. Yeah, yeah. Once, once in Star Wars lore, we found out that Anakin slaughtered younglings. Right. Let's say in, in the, in the episode one, two, and three trilogy right. for Star Wars, it really affected the way I, uh, understood and perceived Anakin and also Darth Vader. I think I kind of guessed that Darth Vader was a Blackthorn type character. Right, right. And laid, laid waste to whatever was in his path. Right. But when it gets complicated like that, like it gets visceral or real, mm-hmm. it gets edgy, like a child is facing you and you're yeah. still going to kill it. Mm-hmm. Like, wow. See, that's the, the thing is, is that if in order, like... They introduce both of these characters. It's actually a really great metaphor. Um, the Blackthorn and Vader, they introduce these characters in their post evil things they've already done moments, right? Like mm-hmm. with Dalinar, we ha- we're believing that the author is telling us, remember, this guy was a fucking bad dude. He's, he was known as the Blackthorn. He's trying to be better yeah. now, but he was a bad dude. And then if he doesn't double down on that bad dudeness in the flashbacks, then it's all just yeah, yeah. soft, right? I, I know, I know, so- I know, but... But children, yeah, like like that's a line. Like that's the thing with with the younglings. That's why I never understood with Padme when when Anakin says that he slaughtered the um, the Sand People's children and women. Like like if I was Padme, I'd be like, okay, uh, would, would would you like another drink or something? I'll, I'll be right back, and then just get in my ship and go and and get the hell out of there. <laughs> yes, bye. It's classic movie <laughs> trope. Yeah. Um, oh, you just here. Take the remote. Watch whatever you want. Yeah. I'll be right yeah. back. I'll be right back. Yeah. <laughs> And it's just a picture, it's just a shot of Padme running, looking yeah, over her shoulder. Running down the stairs. Getting, yeah. Across yeah. the desert, getting into her ship. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Worst boyfriend ever. Yeah. Yeah. Red flags, red flags. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, let's, let's jump into this. Sure. We're going to start with chapter 10, which is distractions. <clears throat> okay. Pardon me. Distractions. Yeah. Sanderson does distract, doesn't he? Does he? Yeah. He does. I think so. Yes. He's... The distraction with, well, there was, uh, the whole lift reveal, the Yasna, the Yasna, um, deception, if you will, with regards to her being dead. Um, you know, uh, wit, the, the, the machinations of why Dalinar has, uh, why he can't remember his wife. Right. Like there's a lot of distracting tactics that going on in, in this, in this series. I, and I love it. It's mm. just, it's also, it's also, um, uh, um you know, it, it, um, <laughs> it also just, well, it distracts me. How about right. that? <laughs> okay. So distractions, perhaps my heresy stretches back to those days in my childhood where these ideas began again. That's sounds like Yasna. My heresy stretches back to those days. She's been accused of being a heretic. Mm-hmm. Now, Oathbringer, it also, with this, with these chapters, we get a name. We get Sunmaker. Right. 
Sunmaker and the, is the ancient and, Ale- and uh, Alethi king. Yeah, Sadiz was his name. Sadiz the Sunmaker, yeah. Sadiz the Sunmaker. So we get that name here. So it could so now we have another guess as to who's the author of Oathbringer. Could be Sadiz. Could be. That's could be this could be an ancient text that we don't have that we just haven't right. uncovered yet. Right. Because there is, I'll remind you, there is a repository of knowledge that they have not found yet, which Yasna hoped Urthiru well, would be, right? Urthiru. Well, we don't know that it's to be found. Well, we it don't know. But that, I'm saying that Yasna that had hoped to find Urthiru in the yeah. hopes that there would be some kind of scrolls, right. books, some Record. kind of knowledge in the tower sure. that would tell mm-hmm. them about thousands of years ago before everything got screwed up. Yeah. Okay, starting off here, Kaladin leaps from hilltop, preserving Stormlight by lashing himself just enough to give him some lift. He soared through the rain toward another hilltop. The valley was clogged with vivim trees. I like this little world building with the vivim trees. Yeah, info dump material. Um, info dump material. They're, they grow really tight together. It's pretty pretty cool. Skidding across the wet stone past rain spren, which were like blue candles. I always like the rain spren. Mm-hmm. Kaladin smiled. So we're, we're getting a lot of this in these two chapters, these little combo. Smiling and grinning mm-hmm. for different reasons. He's, he's in a better mood leaving Hearthstone yeah. than he was going to Hearthstone. Because he's worried right. his family was dead and now his yeah. family's not dead. So he's got something to grin about. It's, it's. Probably my highlight is that Kaladin is smiling. Right. That he's actually in an okay mood. Like, I wouldn't say a good mood. I would never say a good mood. But he's in an okay, (laughs) grinning kind of mood. He's in an okay mood, yeah. Yeah. Kaladin smiled. He could almost hear Hav's voice barking commands from the back of the the line where he helped stragglers. Hav had always said that once men could march together, learning to fight was easy. I like that line. I do too. It's one of my yeah. little highlights too. It's yeah. a great line. <clears throat> Smiling, Syl asks. She'd taken the shape of a large raindrop, streaking through the air beside him, falling the wrong way. Plausible impossibility. Mm-hmm. I like that as a little coupling for an alternate title too. Yeah. Um, what's it with Syl that has to go the wrong way? Like, what do you think about that? Um, I don't Raindrops know. Raindrops fall down. She's falling up. She's, uh, sh- she's different. She, she different. <laughs> she's going to go her own way. <laughs> she um, is, yeah. You're right, Kaladin says, but with regards to smiling, I should be more solemn. We are chasing Voidbringers. Storms, how odd it sounded to say that. Yeah. Yeah, why odd to chase a Voidbringer? Right. Odd. Yeah. Yeah, odd. Mm. But why odd? Odd that. Well, is it because, like I've guessed, is it because these Knights Radiant are potentially the Voidbringers? Um, did you, is that something that you guessed? I can't, I can't remember. Yeah. Yeah. The whole, the whole flip of like the heroes are, are potent, or the heroes not necessarily are the villains. They are potentially. That they could be. Hmm. They could be, yeah. I guess, yeah, I guess you kind of did say that, eh? <clears throat> oh, yeah. 
It's because we, you know what, anyway. we say a lot to each other. <laughs> and sometimes it's really hard to remember <laughs> it all. It's hard to keep track. You know what I mean? Like I know, I and know. And it's not I just know. like in the show, like when you and I just talk regularly, like, <laughs> you know what I mean? We have a lot to say to each other, so. Yeah. I didn't intend it as a reprimand. Hard to tell with you sometimes. And what's that supposed to mean? Two days ago, I found that my mother is still alive, Kaladin said. So the position is not, in fact, vacant. You can stop trying to fill it. This is, this is cute, yeah. with him sort of calling her out and being his mother. It's great. Yeah. Well, I'm not trying to mother you, Sil says, though perhaps I chide you on occasion when you're being sullen, he grunts, or when you're being uncommunicative. <laughs> she transformed into the shape of a young woman in a hava. It is my solemn and important duty to bring happiness, light, and joy into your world when you're being a dour idiot, which is most of the time. So there. Kaladin chuckles. So we have him smiling. We now have him chuckling. Right. <laughs> Kaladin the chuckler. <laughs> the the storm chuckler. He's the captain storm... chuckling. <laughs> captain chuckling Kaladin. What's that? <laughs> captain chuckler. Captain chuckler. That's right. With his buckler. Yeah. Um, okay. So Kaladin chuckled, skidded down the next valley. This was prime farmland. There was a reason why the Akani region was prized by Sadius. It could feed half the kingdom with the lavis and tallow crops. Other villages focused on raising large parcels of hog for leather and meat. Gumfrems, a kind of chull-like beast, were less common pasture animals harvested for gem hearts, which, though small, allowed soul casting of meat. So this is like the like the prime the prime land here. yeah yeah it's one of the reasons why i think they say why like the sadius's territory because this is within sadius's territory right what makes him so rich is right like this area is like one of the best um right. places to grow food and remember he said when he got to like a hearthstone he's like oh i don't remember things being so big here the grass is taller right. the rock buds are bigger what's well, because right. it's such a fertile land it's such a fertile area yeah well desired and also it has the, these with these um what are they called again the gum friends gum friends they have yeah. a source of gem hearts smaller but still right <clears throat> still turned into a ribbon of light and zipped in front of him making loops it was difficult not to feel uplifted even in the gloomy weather he's uh he'd left Sorry, he thought that he was too late to save Hearthstone. To find his parents alive? Well, it was an unexpected blessing, which is another great alternate title, yeah. too. Um, the type his life had been severely lacking. Though he'd spent two days chasing the Voidbringers, Kaladin's exhaustion had faded. He'd started at Hearthstone and worked his way outward in a spiral, visiting these villages, warning people that the terrible storm would return. And so far, he hadn't found a single town that had been attacked by, of course, the threat of the Parshman. Right. So everything that he's expecting to find <clears throat> with these Voidbringers are not coming about. And we get even into that a little more here when he gets the reports right. from this new village. He's expecting right. to find carnage by a threat. And what he's seeing is right. largely the Everstorm and then the evacuation of these parchment like they yeah. have just en masse taken off except for this grain thing that he's they're about to find out this is more i know 
But I really like this because this green thing yeah. means, well, what, what, like, what were they doing? They were trying to feed themselves. Right. Like they're hungry. And it's like so a tactical of course they, decision too. It's not just like mindless, let's just destroy. No, it's like a very right. tactical, um, expertly planned and executed, like food gathering mission, if you were. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's like Ocean's Eleven if it was for grain. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Um, Calendar again. <laughs> we gotta have a character always snacking, like uh, Brad Pitt's character. Now. Yeah, that's eating the Lopin. Nachos, He's just French eating fries. shoot all the, the time. Lopin. Yeah, Lopin is the Brad Pitt character. <laughs> Kaladin reached the next hilltop and pulled to a stop. A weathered stone post marked a crossroads. Still zipped up to him. The glyphs and simple map on the stone marker would indicate the distance to the next town. Mm-hmm. Come on, he says starting down the hillside. I think, Sil said, landing on his shoulder, I would make a wonderful mother. She's still, she's still focused on what was said before. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. She's, I, yeah. I don't need you to be my mother. I'm not trying to, uh, like, that position is already, right. is already full. I actually, I would make a wonderful mother. Right. And what inspired this topic, he asks? Well, you're the one who brought it up. In comparing Sil to his mother for nagging him, are you even capable of having children? Baby Spren? I have no idea, she proclaims. Well, you call, you call the Stormfather, well, father, right? So he birthed you? Maybe? I think so. He helped shape me, it's, is more like it. Helped us find our voices. Yes, he made some of us, made me. So maybe you could do that, Kaladin said. Find little uh, bits of the wind or honor and shape them. Yeah. What, what do you make of this? Well, the, my first inkling was um, the Muppet Babies soundtrack, but for Spren. <laughs> Muppet Babies. <laughs> baby Spren, make your dreams come first true. First of all, Baby Spren, yes, please. <laughs> yes. Like, of course, tiny little Baby Spren. Yeah. Like, it would be cute. Cute as hell. Yeah. yeah. Cute, yeah. <laughs> I gotta have the, like the spren, spren prams it, rolling around. It's funny though because when <clears throat> spren actually, um, uh, spren high spren, who come mm-hmm. across to find radiance or people who could potentially be radiance, they come yep. into our physical world almost like babies. Like they don't know yeah. much. The longer time they spend with us, the, the mortals, the more they become like us. So almost yep. they they come into the world almost like babies. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. They depend on us in order, and they're bond to us. It's very maternal. There's a very maternal thing going on. Mm-hmm. That's, that's all really interesting. I like the, <laughs> I do like the baby spread. I'm, I'm kind of caught up in that. Yeah. Um, so maybe you could do that, shape them. He used a lashing <clears throat> to leap over a snarl of rock buds and vines, which startled a pack of Kremlings, sending them scuttling away from nearly from a nearly clean mink skeleton. I only want to pause here on this skeleton just to say that these are tiny little Kremlings send them. So Kaladin's landed and these tiny Kremlin, uh, they retreat from the skeleton, but it's clean Mm -hmm. meaning probably the leavings of a larger predator. Yeah. But, or is it, or is the threat, the small Kremlin? Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that's all I want to pause there for a bit and just sort of 
ruminate on. He's that's, worried that's about the large thinking. predator, but the small predator, the Kremlings, are the ones who could pick be the, the bones clean. Yeah. Yeah. But, so. and, and could be the real threat. Yeah. Right. That's all I'm wanting. Right, right. Because <clears throat> yeah, you know Sanderson, he's probably he's probably trying to get you to think about something. So that's, I'm guessing <laughs> that's making, why he's... he's making us contemplate something right now, sir. <laughs> Forcible contemplation yeah. going on here all the time. I, I'm just here for Thanks, the lols, guys. I'm just here for the lols. <laughs> yeah. Uh, hmm. Still says I would. I would be an excellent mother. I would teach the little spren to fly, to coast the winds, to harass you. Kaladin smiled again. Yeah. This is great. I'm yeah. liking that Sill is with him. They're yeah. like doing their thing. He's Jabbing, smiling. He's chuckling. Yeah, there, yeah, there's some jokes going on. He says, you'd get distracted by an interesting beetle and then fly off, leaving them in a drawer somewhere. That okay, is first super of all, true. Leaving the babies in a drawer. That's funny. Yeah. Like, I don't know why. I just, <laughs> I love just thinking about these, you know, a maybe, bureau or drawer. Maybe babies. There's like a bunch maybe. of babies in there. Like, bye. I got to go check out a beetle. Bye. Yeah. They never, they never <laughs> created bassinets on Roshar. Yeah. They just always use the top or bottom <laughs> drawers of cat, like of dressers. I slept in a bassinet and I, I really like that you use the word bassinet yeah. because that's not something that's, that's, uh, widely uh, I, I don't think anyways, widely, widely said. Well, people use cribs, Bassinet, right? They on. use a crib to put their, yeah. uh, their kid yeah. in, but nor, like our, both our kids started in bassinets by our bed. Bassinet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was like the hardest two or three months for both child I ever had. Like I would wake up like for anything. One of them would snort and I'd like, like <laughs> you know what I mean? We, we should, we should trade stories on that whole, we had a debacle happen with it, with our son. Oh, well, share. Well, just that we, we were told by the, by the staff at the hospital that, that, uh, a, a good practice was to wake, wake the child up for, um, for feedings regularly. Right. So, but this was a disaster when he was first born because it kept us up all night doing it rather than just let him sleep for right. longer periods of time. Mm-hmm. And so in addition to the alarm, so it, we had this little like sensor underneath of his um, blanket or something like that, um, that would indicate if he rolled off or something like that, or, or wasn't making any movement, which gives you an alarm. That thing was going off all the time. Every like hour and a half, so two hours, right? It was brutal. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so we made so many mistakes. So then we, we, we learned from that eventually after I, after months, I think of months and months of doing it. Yeah. And then, and then we just let him sleep longer periods and it was great. And then we went, Oh geez, that's all we had to do was let him sleep. Yeah. Great. We should, you should have, <laughs> that's probably the best thing to do. I remember when Fiona, my youngest was born <clears throat> and the doctors told us now, listen, you got to keep waking her up. She's a little jaundice. So she's going to sleep like a long time and you can't let her sleep. And there's that moment yeah. where Tracy and I like looked at her and she's like, she's going to sleep well. Maybe we yeah. should, maybe this jaundice is a blessing. Like maybe we should let her sleep, but no, <laughs> of course. It's a blessing. There's a t-shirt. <laughs> but it um, is a t-shirt. Yeah. <coughs> okay. So back to baby sprint, our little babies. Okay. Um, she says, he says, you'd, you'd leave them in a drawer somewhere. She says, nonsense. Why would I leave my babies in a drawer? Far too boring. A high prince shoe though. A high prince's shoe. Yeah. Because she's a trickster, right? Yeah, she's a trickster. I like that it has to be a high princess shoe. Yeah. So she'll, she, I think she'll share that little bit of like, you know, dig in the knife a little bit to high princes. Yeah, I think so. I think she's eyes. a little bit of a rebel. She's, well, she's sharing that with Kaladin too, right? Right, right. Um, and if she didn't have that before, she does have it now because of Cal, right? 
Right. Yeah. Um, he flew the remaining distance to the village, and the sight of broken buildings on the western edge dampened his mood. This village was called Horn Hollow, and it was in what was once would have been considered an ideal location. It held about two dozen structures, two large storm sanctuaries where travelers could stay. A few sphere lanterns gave light to the square where people had gathered for a town meeting. That was convenient. Yeah. Kaladin dropped toward the lights and held his hand to the side and sill formed there by an unspoken command taking the shape of a shard blade. Sleek, beautiful sword with the symbol of the Windrunners prominent on the center. Yeah. Grooves in the metal that looked like flowing tresses of hair. Yeah. What do you make of that? Well, this blade is sill. <clears throat> right. So when we think about what a blade looks like, it's we have to contemplate that it is the sprint her, herself, right? Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. so the fact that the blade has grooves in it that look like hair makes sense because Sill has been always been depicted to us with like this flowing hair that like yeah. kind of just like floats there as she's, you know, when she's in a, a female form. Right. I love that. I, it makes me then think about all the different blades we've seen. And right. how the spren would have looked, like even these dead blades that we have, you know, how Adolin's yeah. has like kind of like a, a, <clears throat> a, a, a like a curved point with the um, with that like shattering of uh, of gems and rock at the uh, near the pommel, and then like Oathbringer has like a giant hook on the and end. The hook on the so end. Does that mean yeah, that the this spren that was the blade was Captain Hook, Captain James Hook? <laughs> Let's let's hope so. That's that's. It uh, would make that sense, though. It would make sense with your Peter Pan stuff. Well, I always thought Groove was in the heart, but Groove is clearly in the metal of the swords here. <laughs> your thrills, your satisfaction number one. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I couldn't dance for another. You can't do that. Uh -huh, you can't drop uh -huh. that song on me and then me not go <laughs> into is in it. The heart? Yeah, dude, that's a, a little ooh. little delight. I love yes. that shit. That's awesome. Of course, yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, delight. Come on. Um, though Kaladin preferred a spear, the blade was a symbol. Kaladin hits the ground in the center of the village. He rested the sill blade. First time it's used, I think, maybe this term. Yeah, I think so too. And and it's capitalized. I, well, I Sil, like it. Sill's name, but... I like it because it's not just a shard blade. He's right, acknowledging blade. that it is an entity. And it's like his and, best friend, Right. Right. Rest the sill blade on his shoulder and stretched out his other hand, preparing a speech. People of Horn Hollow, I am Kaladin, the chuckler, uh, of, the, <laughs> of, the, of the night's radiant. I have come. So he's practicing the speech yeah. he's about to say, <laughs> the but chuckler. then he's, inter he's interrupted by a, a portly light-eyed man who says, Lord Radiant. And this man stumbles out of the crowd wearing yeah. a long rain cloak and wide-brimmed hat. The man claps his hands in an energetic motion. And a pair of ardents stumble up beside him, bearing goblets full of glowing spheres. Right. Around the perimeter of the square, people hissed and whispered. Anticipation spren were flapping. In an unseen wind, several men held up small children to get a better look. Great, Captain says, or Kaladin says softly, I've become a menagerie act. Right. <laughs> yeah. This is... Uh, an interesting little observation from him, but he goes with it. Yeah, he has to. He yeah. uses it. Yeah. 
Well, best to put on a good show, he says. He lifted the sill blade high, prompting a cheer from the crowd. It was hard to believe that centuries of mistrust and vilification would be forgotten so quickly. But with the sky breaking and the land in turmoil, people would look to a symbol. Yeah, I love so, that. So I their, love so their, that. Their trust was broken. It, it, I guess it does speak to a message, I think, of this series, which is the totality of a being. Right. What does that being mean when they have broken trust before? Mm-hmm. What does that entity mean if they have done something bad or poor or have fallen or are broken or who continue to trip, make mistakes? Are they to be locked up? Are they to be killed? Are they to be forgotten? Yeah, it's, and, um, yeah, you're right because he was to be locked up. He was made a slave and then now he is a symbol of hope. Mm-hmm. It maybe speaks to the fickle nature of humans as well, right? And how yeah. we're easily swayed from one perspective to another in either a moment of need or in a moment of awe. Yep. Or desperation. He shows up floating from the sky and it's like, <clears> oh my <throat> God, the Radiants are back. They're here to save us. But we're only like six us. months yeah. ago, those same people were like, you know, the lost Radiants betrayed us, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. You know, they're, so. They're dangerous to yeah. be feared. Right. Yep. <clears throat> and, and reading what we are now reading in Oathbringer about Dalinar. Right. It's pretty heavy handed to, to, for Dalinar to expect, you know, the high princes to come together and everyone's going to unite behind him. He's going to unite Althkar. Really? Yeah. Because people remember what you're like. Right. So why would that all of a sudden change Dalinar? Because you've had a vision, you've, you've read the way of Kings, you've read this book. Yeah. He it's, it is, you know what? You're, you're totally right. And people, you know, people are willing to change their perspective on the Knight's Radiance, the Lost Radiance in this way. And he's hoping that they will with him on a Mm -hmm. grander scale throughout all Roshar. Hopefully the other countries won't really hold it against me that I, you know, looted and pillaged every single town I came across. Oh yeah. And my brother had to tell me not to do it anymore. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I mean... I gotta say, so far, and it's kind of what I expected, but still, you know, I'm liking Sadius and Gavilar a whole lot more than I am dealing with the Blackthorn. He is definitely doing a good job of making us appreciate Sadius, but we also know that Sadius is a fucker and we should never forget Uh, that. You know what I mean? I know, but, but my little guess for this book could be that, that we are going to come to love Sadius. Well, I, I thought, I think it's a very, very interesting thing that Sadius in these, I mean, we've, we're getting a little off track here, but let's finish know, the point I that I think that it's very poignant that Sanderson made Sadius have gold armor, not red yes. armor. I want to bring it up. Um, I, yeah, it's, it's in here and I want to bring it yeah, up. You're right. Sure, he yeah. is wearing, he's the one wearing the it's gold. It's purposeful. Armor. I think gap. Absolutely. It is. Yeah. Gavilar's wearing the blue yeah. and, uh, blue like Adolin, right? So right. Dalinar has kind of the same people around him. He's got his Adolin, which is brother. He's, uh, yeah, I, it's very, uh, there's, uh, let's talk about symbols for a second. That's, those are some symbols. Those are some symbols. Yeah. So is this mink skeleton. Anyway, yeah. uh, I become a menagerie act. Well, best to put on a good show. He lifts it high. He gets the crowd going. Kaladin lowers the blade. He knew all too well the danger of symbols. Amorim, 
had been one to him long ago. Yeah. You knew of my coming, Kaladin says to the city lord. You've been in contact with your neighbors. Have they told you what I've been saying? Yes, bright lord, gesturing eagerly for him to take the spheres. Expected me to pay... Expected me to pay two for one as I did at the first few towns. So there's this exchange of spheres that he's not quite loving the exchange. Kaladin thought with amusement, well, he dropped a few extra dun spheres in. He'd rather be known as generous, particularly if it helped spread the word. Right, because he was paying two for one for <clears throat> before. Two for one. Yeah, right. and the, every, people, people were getting rich off of him, but he can't do that anymore. He, like, he, no. can't, he can't afford to. Right. This is good, Kaladin says. I can't visit every holding in the area. I need you to send messages to each nearby village carrying words of comfort and command from the king. I will pay for the line, sorry, for the line. I will pay for the time of your runners. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> That's a nice gesture. Yeah. Of course, Bright Lord, they say. Would you wish to rest now or take a meal? Or would you rather visit the, the location of the attack immediately? The attack? Kaladin says. Yes, Bright Lord. Isn't that why you're here? To see where the rogue Parshman assaulted us? Finally, he says. Take me there now. Right. But it's not what we would expect. No. It's not. It's not really an is, attack. No. It's a robbery. It's survival. Right. It's, it, it's, we, we need to feed ourselves. Times are bad. Circumstances have changed. We're, we're not going to slaughter all of you. Right. Right. Instead, we're going to get a crew together of <clears throat> potentially 11 Parshmen, each mm -hmm. being really good at a specific job, and then we will pull the heist of the century off. Right. Parshmen's 11. Parshmen's. <laughs> I want to, I want to uh, stay food, here for a second. Food on... is, uh, is Danny Ocean. Yeah, for sure. Uh, through the dude is Danny Ocean. Yeah, I yeah. love it. I love it. That's awesome. Um, I want to sit here on Bright Lord for a second because this guy keeps okay. calling him Bright Lord. And Bright yep. Lord, you know, High Lord, Bright Lord, they, they call the Light Eyes Bright Lords. Yeah. When I think that the entire history of Light Eyes being called Bright Lords was yep. wrong. And in this moment, when Cal is being called a Bright Lord, is the right one. Does that make sense? I feel like bright um, lords, bright ladies, bright lords, right, is the term used for radiance, right? And because light eyes had light eyes, that moniker got transferred were... over to them. Yeah, right. but it was undeserving this entire time. Yeah, and now a, comes a, someone point. who is deserving <clears throat> of that title of bright yeah. lord. You know what I mean? I like it yeah. a lot. I think it's really. I like neat. that too. Appropriately named. Yeah. Um, so we get a change of... Uh, scene change here. Of a scene change here. They'd attacked a grain storage just outside of town. The Voidbringers had ripped open the door and pillaged what was inside. Yeah. Um, as we've said already before, that's what they did. They didn't slaughter the people in the village. They no. weren't... They're not on a rampage. It felt odd... To not have the rain on his head. Kaladin was saying as he's going through this, uh, in this investigation around the storage area. What I want to sort of stop and think about there is it felt odd to not have the rain on his head. Yeah, because he's used to having literally a rain cloud follow him around. Right. 
and now he's chuckling and smiling. It's kind of an interesting little thing You're where right. he's kind of like he doesn't have that little that little cloud it right feels now. Weird not being grumpy and <laughs> shitty all the time. It like it feels right. really weird. I know. Yeah. I like the weather. I like the weather around Caledon right now. It's yeah. great. It's nice. Yeah, I love yeah. it. Even it's though nice. it is raining outside. It's sunny. <laughs> and there you go. May I continue, Bright Lord? Um, says an ardent. She was young and pretty and nervous. Obviously, she didn't know where um, he fit into the scheme of her religion. The Knights Radiant had been founded by the Heralds, but they were also traitors. Right. So he was either a divine being of myth or a Cretan one step above a Voidbringer. Yes, please, he says. Please continue. The Ardent says, of the five witnesses, four independently counted the number of attackers at 50 or so. Anyway, it's safe to say that they've got large numbers, considering how many sacks of grain they were able to carry away in such a short amount of time. They um, didn't look exactly like Parshman. They were too tall, wearing armor. The sketch I made, she tries showing him her sketch again, wasn't much better than a child's drawing, a bunch of scribbles. Anyways, the young Ardent continues, oblivious to the fact that Syl had landed on her shoulder and was inspecting her face. Right. They attacked right after first moon set. They had the grain out by middle of second moon, and we didn't hear anything until the change of guard happened. Sot raised the alarm, and that chased the creatures off. Ooh, referring to them as creatures, are we? Yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. They only left four sacks, which we moved. Kaladin would have thought she, they were talking about horses. Creatures? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. These monsters. <laughs> These monsters. Um, the men who were attacked, Kaladin says, asks, well, they've both recovered, Bright Lord. Though Kem has a ringing in his ear, he says won't go away. So that's the worst that's been done. Yeah. He a got a little bit of a ears. concussion. Yeah. 50 parchment in war form, Kaladin thinks could easily have overrun this town and its handful of militia guards. They could have slaughtered everyone and taken whatever they wished, but instead they'd made a surgical raid. Yeah. I like, I really like the use of the word surgical there. Mm-hmm, me too, because he's the surgeon and... Yeah. Yeah. Anytime the surgeon's present, I think it's the right thing. Right. Although Liren did, has, be, or was a thief. <laughs> right. But still, I think of Lyrians. Surgeons are allowed to have part time gigs, right? (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. Um, The Ardent started. She'd been looking at him. um, Because Kaladin says the red lights describe them again. Um, All five witnesses mentioned the lights, Bright Lord. There were several small glowing red lights in the darkness. Their eyes? Maybe, the Ardent says. If those were eyes, it was only a few. I went and asked, and none of the witnesses specifically saw eyes glowing, and Kem got a look right in one of the parchment's faces as they struck him. So not glowing eyes. Not we, necessarily, We know no. that um, Eshenai and her group of people, like Thude the Dude and those people, Storm form. were in war form, and they did not right. have glowing eyes. They only got glowing eyes right. once they became Storm form. Correct. Which was like yeah. another level up of, of form. <laughs> he took the sheet with the picture on it from the young Arden's hands and inspected it just for show. 
You did well. Thank you for the report. Okay, first of all, she didn't do well. Her drawing was like that of a child. It like... <laughs> I just think it's funny. Like she went, look, I, I drew this. Right. <laughs> and you see it. It's in crayon. It's, it's like Pictionary. What it's the like, fuck does yeah. that mean? Ha have you seen those like trans those like like people that have taken kids' drawings and then made them into real animals, yeah. like what they would look like? <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Like <laughs> I can just imagine this. What's her What's her name again? One of the things again. I love about this is you know she um Scylla's about to go like oh she thinks you're pretty she she's got a crush on you. And yeah, I, I think when I read that, I think, I think I know what you're going to say. I think that like, I, it's like this, this pretty girl likes you, Yeah, but she's horrible at art. So she's not Shalon. She's not Shalon, but also it's kind of like warding off any potential girls that might get too close to him. Right. Oh, you mean, you know, like, yeah, I, I see her as a bit of like, because I think you were the one sort of bringing that up like a few episodes ago about still kind of having this maybe bit of jealousy with regards well, to anyone I think that I had gets said close that, to um, Caledon. She, she felt a certain way when she was going to meet his parents and she dressed up nicely like it right. was like a first date right. or something. Yeah, it, which kind of reminded me of like, I don't know, for some reason, some kind of wonderful came into my mind when you <laughs> mentioned that earlier. Yeah. Um, anyways, um and also, again, very present in the whole Tinkerbell, Peter Pan thing. For sure. With regards to, it's a complicated love-hate thing with Wendy. Yeah. A protection of Peter. Yep. But is it a protection of Peter because you like him or want to be with him or, or, just or are you just protecting him? Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, anyways, he took the sheet with the picture on it. You did well. Thank you for the report. Oh, Sil says, she thinks you're pretty. Referring to Kaladin. Mm -hmm. Syl zips up onto his shoulder. Wow, she must be desperate living out here. I mean, look at you. Hair hasn't been combed since you flew across the continent. Uniform stained with creme and that beard. Thank you for the boost of confidence, Syl. I guess when there's nobody about but farmers, your standards really drop. She's an ardent, Kaladin says. She'd have to marry another ardent. I don't think she was thinking about marriage, Kaladin. Yeah. <laughs> I know you've been busy lately fighting guys in white clothing and stuff, but I've been doing <laughs> research fighting guys in white clothing. <laughs> Another great chapter title. Yeah, it's it minimizes Zeth so much. Like just, yep. you know, guys in white clothing. It's like fighting guy, guys that, in white clothing. It's that guy in white that like uh, Lyft said. Yeah. I've been doing research. People lock their doors, but there's... Plenty of room to get in underneath. I figured since you don't seem inclined to do any learning yourself, I should study. So if you have any questions, I'm well aware of what is involved. Are you sure? Syl asks. Maybe we could have that ardent draw you a picture. Um, she seems like she'd be really eager. Syl, I just want you to be happy, Kaladin. People in relationships are happier. That is demonstrably false. Um, he says, some might be, but I know a lot who aren't. Right. Come on, Syl says. What about the Lightweaver? You seem to like her. Referring to Shalon. Yeah. The words struck uncomfortably close to the truth. Shalon is engaged to Dalinar's son. So? You're better than him. I don't trust him one bit. This... I didn't like. She I doesn't say. She doesn't trust him 
he's going to say exactly why here. Yeah, I know. You don't trust anyone who carries a shard blade, Sill. Yeah. We've been over this. It's not a mark of bad character to have bonded with one of the weapons. Yes, well, let's have someone swing around the corpse of your sisters by the feet, and we'll see whether you consider it a mark of bad character or not. This is a distraction, like that light weaver could be for you. Yo, Ooh, that distractions. is a, distractions. That is a good fucking point right there. Absolutely. <laughs> Let's have someone swing around the corpse of your sisters <laughs> and see. Like, could you imagine that? Someone yeah. wa- swinging around Tien yeah. by his ankles, using him as a <laughs> yeah. weapon. I still trust yeah. him. I still trust him. Yeah. I don't know why. I still but trust this guy. He's being delicate yeah. with my bro- brother's dead corpse. Yeah. It's really fucking funny. Yeah. it's a, Well, it's a good point from Syl. And also, she drives home another little point, which is, is this distraction of Shalon good for you? Yeah. Is this going to be a good thing? It might be. I guess we'll have to see. Um, This is a distraction. I think that's where we get our title. Mm -hmm. Shalon's a light eyes, Kaladin says. That's the end of the conversation. But he interrupts her and says, end. Yeah. And and stop spying on people when they're being intimate. It's creepy. Yeah, we have a peeping sill here. Um, of all the things we thought Syl was capable of, yeah. she is... She's a peeper. She's legit going into people's houses. She's like, the doors are unlocked and you can get underneath yeah. the sheets, yeah. pretty much, she's saying. She's watching people do it. It's like spren porn or something? <laughs> like... <laughs> it's more like spren voyeurism, I think. It is. is really it what's going for on sure here. is. It's very weird. Yeah. Mm, well... The way she spoke, she expected to be there when Kaladin, well, he'd never considered that before. Though she went with him everywhere else, could he convince her to wait outside? She'd still listen, if not sneak in to watch. Stormfather, his life just kept getting stranger. He tried unsuccessfully to banish the image of lying in bed with a woman, still sitting on the headboard and shouting out encouragement and advice. This is hilarious. It would be hilarious. Because some people have, like, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but some people who have pets, like, are okay with their pets being in the room when they do stuff, right? Like, I don't have pets. I don't like pets. But do pet people do that? Like, do you kick kick your cat out of your room if you're going to do it? (laughs) You know, I, um, this is a very interesting conversation. Um, we might want to put a pin in it. Okay. Okay. And then... (laughs) All right, <laughs> come back. I don't know what to because, say. Just that. because, like, Sill, what's he gonna do? Like, Sill, leave the room, please. Uh, you know, we're gonna. I'm gonna get it. I'm gonna get it on right now. I'm gonna smash, and you can't be around. Like, Sill can just okay. literally like peek her head out of a wall and like watch, anyways. Well, he's very uncomfortable with the idea of Sill being in the room. So I think for 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 Kaladin, yeah, he would ask the pets to leave, please. He's already he's already indicated as such. <laughs> Pets are out. He's yeah. not into it. No, he's not into yeah. it. No, he's not into it. Lord Radiant, the city lord, asks, are you well? Um, he, he's sort of distracted by these thoughts about Syl, and he says, yeah. painful memory. Your scouts are certain of the direction of the par- that the parchment went? The city lord looked over his shoulder at a scraggly man in leather, a bow on his back, standing by the boarded-up window, a trapper with a writ from the local high lord to catch mink on his lands. Ah, 
That could be the source of the dead mink, and then the Kremlings finished it off. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. But maybe not. Maybe not. Um, this guy is also like the strider of the, the scene. Mm-hmm. He's like smoking a pipe in the corner. Follow them a half a day out, Brylord. They never deviated. Straight toward Kolinar. I'd swear to Kellick himself. So they're heading for Kolinar. Yeah. That's also interesting. Mm-hmm. Why? Well, we know something awful is happening in we Kolinar. Do. We don't know what yet, but we know something no. horrible is happening in there. What do the parchment think they can do there? I have no idea. I mean, I have lot. You I, might know, I know exactly more. what, what's going on, but oh, okay. I am also okay. trying to lead the conversation in a way that I don't know. <laughs> so to answer your question, so, I have so no what idea. I, I don't know either. I don't know what would be going on there. Storm form. St- I don't, I don't have any guesses right now. We know that, um, the queen was letting the Ardents kind of do whatever they wanted. They were having these huge feasts every night. And then yep. one Ardent came along and sort of ruined it for everyone. And she wrote this like, kind right, of but she was killed. Bad yeah. review. She wrote, literally wrote a bad review yeah. online yeah. and then got like the Twitter mob all riled up. And, um, the, 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 the common people of the city, like kind of rose and there was some kind of like uprising, but we don't know mm-hmm. what happened after that and where the city state, like the state of it all afterwards. We know that there is no response through span read of any span reads coming out of Kolinar. Could they be honoring if there's a threat to Kolinar? What do we know about the relationship between Gavilar, what he set up with the parchment? Like, was there a mutual arrangement there of, no, because he was trying to bring back their gods, right? right. That was the, that was they, the divide they got him there. Killed. That's why they got him killed. Uh, they hired, well, they made Zeth kill him <clears throat> and then they, they fled, right. right? Some of them stayed behind mm-hmm. to take the brunt of the, the, the punishment for it. And, right. but then the rest fled. I was but thinking those were that the perhaps they the might listeners. have had a. The Parshmen were, are different, right? Yeah. Parchment are ones who have been, um, kind of slowly and methodically turned into dull form as slaves right. and the Parshendi, mm-hmm. the listeners are still those who kind of held on to their knowledge of some of their, their, their forms through their songs. See, I, li- I like to think in some way that the Parshmen are like, you know, are waking to a call like some kind of an arrangement. That's why I was trying to think back with Gavilar, if there had been an arrangement about protecting Kolinar that the Parshmen are, are now potentially going to participate in, that there's yeah. something, there's some kind of threat to the kingdom. No. Okay. I don't think Gavilar had anything to do with anything like that. Whatever's happening no. in Kolinar right now seems to have been sort of started by the queen, but mm. the result of of the, uh, the city uprising on her who we don't like, like I said, we have no clue what the state of that city is like right now. Well, that's straight where they went according to this, uh, this trapper. Mm-hmm. Um, Kaladin says, then that's where I'm going as well. Do you want me to lead you bright Lord radiant? The trapper asks Kaladin drew in stormlight afraid that you would just slow me down. He nodded to the men and then stepped out and lashed himself upward People clogged the road and cheered from rooftops as he left the town behind. And then we get another, I know, it's amazing, right? Yeah. 
Get another change uh, of scenery here. This is a POV change, not only just POV. a scene, but a POV. Right. Where now we get to, we talked about this last episode. We said, how long is Sanderson going to like draw this out with Adolin? <laughs> and it happens immediately. The very next chapter, we get an Adolin POV. So thank God he didn't mm-hmm. make us wait super long to get inside Adolin's no. head about everything. The sense of horses reminded Adolin of his youth, sweat, manure, and hay real sense. Adolin had been afraid of horses back then. They were so much faster, more intelligent than Chulls. They were so alien. Creatures all covered in hair, big glassy eyes, shin thoroughbreds. They were expensive, but not priceless. Not like the creature before him now. Housing the Colin livestock in the far northwest section of the tower, um, he's, this is where he goes to visit an old friend. This is Galland, right? Mm-hmm. This is where he's spending time with Galland. What do you, what do you think about this scene? Well, I think that what I like about it the most is that he's missing, um. Sherblood. Yeah. He's missing Sherblood. This is also a distraction for him because he knows he's got some yeah. pretty heavy things. So go, doing this is a nice distraction, but it's right. so, it's so cute that he's like. Mm-hmm. He just wants to spend some time with a horse and he misses his Mm -hmm. own horse, you know? Yeah. He misses his own Rashadium. He says it a little later that he kind of neglected Sherblood near the end and he wishes he wouldn't have because things kind of got crazy and he spent a lot of time with Shalon and the duels and he forgot to take time to go and spend time. It was a hard moment. Yeah. Well, well, remember in the the next chapter that we're going to cover, I think Dalinar says something like, I would choose plate every time. Over blade. Yeah. But the mount, but blade... Plate and mount are Ma- the three. Yeah, mount is considered, so, he says it here, it's considered the third shard. The third shard. So Adolin, I think, is the one character that's, you know, choosing mount, right. I think. Yeah. Which is really great. Yeah. It adds on to his character so mm-hmm, much. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think, I think this is really great. Um, the thoroughbreds, the, the livestock here, the gum frames and hogs clogged some of the rooms but the horses were stabled in others. Several even contained Bashan's axe hounds. Such accommodations weren't good enough for the Blackthorn's horse, though. No, the massive Reishadium stallion had been given his own field, large enough to serve as a pasture. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I love that. I think that's just brilliant. As Adolin emerged from the tower, the black monster of a horse came galloping over. Rishadium were often called the third shard, mm-hmm. blade, plate, and mount. That didn't do them justice, though. You couldn't earn a Rishadium simply by defeating someone in combat. They chose their riders. That's in, something we, we've covered before. Yeah, and amazing. in that sense, it's awesome, because if it's considered the third shard, it mm-hmm. is easier, probably, to get a shard blade and shard plate than it is to get a Rishadium, because you mm-hmm. can just defeat a guy and get his stuff but the Rashidium right. is the one who chooses. Right. And, yeah. and in this sense, a shard blade that is not a dead blade, but that is a spren like sill or, right. or ivory or pattern also mm-hmm. is choosing their rider, their wielder. Right. So yeah, it's really cool. They're very similar in that sense. Um, but Adolin thought as Gallant nuzzled his hand, I suppose that was how it used to be with blades too. 
they were Spren who chose their bearers. Oh, well, as you just, as you just I guess I yeah. should have waited till uh, you read that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Adolin says, a little lonely out here, isn't it? Sorry about that. Wish you weren't alone. He's talking to the horse. Yeah. Ga- Gallant steps closer. The horse nuzzled Adolin's neck and then blew out sharply. Uh, Adolin says, that's a scent I could do without. He pats Gallant's neck and reaches and reached with his hand, right hand into his shoulder pack before a sharp pain from his wrist reminded him yet again about his wound. He reached in with the other hand and took out some sugary lumps. You're as bad as Aunt Navani. That's why you came running, isn't it? You smelled treats? Yeah. <laughs> Wait, what, what? You think that Adolin's making a commentary on... Well... I'm just saying, I just... Big deal if Aunt Navani likes treats too. That doesn't make her a bad person. I just, okay, is it, okay, it could be a, you're as bad as Aunt Navani. It could be like a Michael Jackson reference here. Um, you're as bad as, you know, Aunt, Aunt Navani's bad. No, that's not, that's not the... <laughs> <laughs> that is not She's the bad for sweets. Yeah. I'm just saying, I'll take it. You're, I'm going to take this little... <laughs> Anytime Navani's mentioned, I'll take it. That she, That she's... I'm just saying, I think, I think you are, you are, I, I'm, I really, <laughs> I can't wait to say, I told you so. Like, do you? Uh, side note, I think that our, <clears throat> uh, our friend Denver Rose probably loves this scene. She's a horse, horse girl. She probably mm-hmm. loves this where Adolin is just coming and hanging out with the Rashadium and giving it love and feeding it sugar cubes. Okay, this is interesting here. The rectangular pupil at the center of the horse. Mm-hmm. What do you make of that? Well, it's like a goat eyes. Don't goat oh, eyes yeah, have like yeah. square? Yeah, something pupils. like that. Yeah, he almost he almost seemed... Okay, I got to point this out. Okay, you're okay. getting to be as bad as Aunt Navani, I guess well, with regards to the sugary treats, fine. Right. Um, he almost... But he almost seemed offended by the remark. The horse seemed offended to be, what, compared to Aunt Nav- to Navani? I guess. All right. Right? It's in the script, dude. It's right in the script. Ah, whatever. Ah. Gonna... Read his own Rishadium's emotions. Oh, yeah, right. I like this. There had been a bond between him and Sureblood. I like that. I, I really... That was such a big moment, the loss of Sureblood. We, we already covered it, but wow. Yeah. Aelin was was the one who talked to his sword sometimes. He had a habit of this sort of thing. Yeah, and I like this about Aelin. I like this a lot. Mm. Talking to his sword, talking to the horse. Yeah. It's great. He treats he treats these things with reverence, not with just utility yes. and and yes. control. He he like appreciates them. I'm sorry, Aelin says. I know the two of you like to run together, and I don't know if father will be able to get down as much to see you. He'd already been withdrawing from battle before he got all these new responsibilities. I thought I'd stop by once in a while. The horse snorted loudly. Not to ride you. I just thought it might be nice for both of us. Yeah. The horse poked his snout at Adolin's satchel until he dug out another sugar cube. Maybe Gallant would let him brush his coat. I like this that, you know, not to ride you, like... Yeah, I would never you know, dare to like, because you're not my... You're not my... You didn't right, choose me. I've chosen... Right. right. What I wonder is, if described Gallant as the black monster, does Gallant in, anywhere, in any way share the thrill that 
Dalinar would have had in battle if like the actual Gallant. thrill with a capital T. Yeah. Hmm. I don't. I don't know if non mortals can experience the thrill. I don't. I have no idea. Actually, that's. I That's just, I just question. wonder because, you know, it's a, they're very I smart, I, they're highly intelligent, they're sentient, right. and, so, and they choose the rider, so I choose Dalinar, Dalinar's riding into battle, killing everything in sight, yeah. to what extent does Gallant yeah. sort of, I guess, share that kind of outlook? Yeah. Yeah. Huh. That's a, that's a really good comment. I, you know what? <laughs> I don't know. Huh. I don't know either. Um. Maybe Gallant would let him brush his coat. He'd ignored the horse right up until he'd needed Sureblood in battle. And then in a flash, he was gone. Everything seemed insane these days. Not just Sureblood, but what he'd done to Sadius. And now, the investigation. Watching Gallant seemed a little, seemed to help a little. Adolin was still there, leaning against the wall when Renarin entered. Hey, Adolin says from the side. Hey, Bastion said you were down here. Just checking on Gallant, because Father's been so busy lately. Renarin approaches and says, You could ask Shallan to draw Sureblood. I bet she'd be able to do a good job to remember. Actually, wasn't a bad suggestion. It's so cute. I know, I like it too. It's such a, it's, it's so great? thoughtful for Renarin, like... Were you looking for me then? I... Renarin watched Gallant as the horse pranced by again. He's excited. Well, he likes an audience. They don't fit, you know. They don't fit? Rishadium have stone hooves, stronger than ordinary horses. Never need to be shod. And that makes them not fit? I'd say that makes them fit better. You mean ordinary horses, don't you? Renarin blushed and then nodded. People had trouble following him sometimes, but... That was merely because he tended to be so thoughtful, mm-hmm. or deep, or brilliant. It made him seem erratic. He wasn't trying to be esoteric. His lips just sometimes failed to keep up with his brain. I really like that about Renarin. Me too. That's really great. So remember, remember a while back, I think it was at the beginning of Words, we were kind of told mm-hmm. that, um, that Renarin seemed to have some autistic um, leanings and that my using the Renarin voice could seem like I was making fun of that aspect of his character oh, mm. when in essence I was just teasing him for being a teenage boy. Um, yeah. but this here, th- this paragraph really kind of really makes me see what, um, Ashlyn Lee w- was talking about when she brought it to my attention. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think right. I ever saw it before, but in these, in this paragraph, People had trouble following him sometimes, but that was because he tended to be so thoughtful. He was thinking about all this stuff and he didn't let you in on it. He would only tell you certain parts of his thoughts, expecting you to follow all his thoughts with him. Right. And that is something that is, you know, autistic. Sometimes they'll have like a whole streamline of thoughts and then they'll only mention one piece of it. And to someone on the outside, it looks completely baffling why are they saying that when in essence you have to pick up the uh the mental breadcrumbs right right because the brain the brain is moving so fast right um that the speech can't keep up and what comes out are more like clues and adolin adolin seems to be able to follow those clues with his brother he knows his brother so well he can look at him and go oh wait a minute you're 
you're talking about regular horses, aren't you? Like he can, he, he knows that this one-off comment isn't just what he means, that there's something deeper behind it. And he takes a right. second, puzzles, puzzles, it, puzzles it out, and then is like, oh, you're talking about regular horses don't fit. Right. Yeah. The, because the Rishadium fit because it's right. meant they're, for this world. Yeah, They've they're almost the meant stone. for this world. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. Adolin, he says softly, I have to give you back the shard blade that you won for me. Why? It, it hurts to hold it. It always has, to be honest. I thought it was just me being strange, but it's, it's all of us. It's all of us? Yeah. Radiance, you mean? And then he nods. Radiance? Remember when, we can't, when right. Kaladin slap clapped, uh, held Relis's sword, he heard right. this screaming in his voice screaming. from that dead blade. So any right. radiant that holds one of these dead blades will hear that, right? Right. We can't use the dead blades. It's not right. Well, I suppose I could find someone else to use it. Though you should really be the one to choose. By right of bestowal, the blade is yours. And you should pick the successor. I'd rather you do it. I've given it to the Ardents already for safekeeping, which means you'll be unarmed. Renarin glanced away. Yeah. Glances I wonder away there like he's if a little he, shy. Well, I wonder there if he either doesn't mind being unarmed or if he's thinking something deeper like, I'm not unarmed. He's not because he shows him right here. Right. Or not, Adolin says. You've got a replacement blade already, don't you? Renarin blushed again. You mink, Adolin says. You've managed to create a radiant blade. Why didn't you tell us? So that means Renarin, while we weren't looking, is already on his third ideal. Because we know you can't right. turn your spren into a, a, blade, a blade without going to the third ideal. So, right. you know, we don't get... We don't really get any POVs with Renarin. We never have. And so what's kinda, happening to I him kinda, is sort of a mystery. We don't really know. I like that it's I like that it's done quietly. Me too. It fits it fits with Renarin's character. Yeah. Oh, by the way, guys, right? check this out. Yeah, yeah, check this <laughs> yeah. out. Um I just want to say when he says you mink, we've had mink already come up. Yeah. The mink skeleton. Is this any kind of foreshadowing about About Renarin? About Renarin? Yeah. It's it's a it's it's definitely some imagery that's in there placed perfectly. I'm not yeah. going to say if there's anything bad going to no, happen no, you, because you, you there, I be can't say anything, it. but, but it's, it's a really nice pickup on your behalf to notice that. Yeah. You mink. It just happened. Gliss wasn't certain he could do it, but we need more people to work the oath gate. So he took a deep breath and then outstretched his hand to the side and summoned a long glowing shard blade. It was thin with almost no crossguard. It, it had waving folds to the metal, like it had been forged. Yeah. Gorgeous, Adolin said. Renarin, it's fantastic. Without the hilt, um, or the, sorry, the crossguard, kind of reminds me a little more of a lightsaber. Yeah, almost a little because bit. Because it eh? doesn't, well, without a crossguard. Yeah. It doesn't have your you traditional know. sword no. aspect. Yeah. yeah. It's interesting. Or like, um... um even though katanas have a small cross guard, it's very, it's only ornamental. Yeah, it's very, it's like katana. Yeah, right. Yeah. So it's yeah, yeah. in that kind of vein too, like a very sleek, yeah. like one line very type sleek. of look, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, thanks, he says. So why are you embarrassed? I'm not. But he asks it as a question. Renarin dismisses the blade. I simply, 
Adolin, I was starting to fit in with Bridge Four and being a shard bearer. Now I'm in the darkness again. And Father expects me to be a radiant so I can help him unite the world, but how am I supposed to learn? Adolin scratched his chin with his good hand. Huh, I assumed that it just kind of came to you, isn't it? It hasn't? Well, some of it has, but it frightens me, Adolin. What if I hurt someone? Or if I ruin things? You're not going to, Adolin says. Renarin, that's the power of the Almighty himself. Renarin only stared at that glowing hand and didn't seem to be convinced. So Adolin reached out with his good hand and took Renarin's, holding it. This is good, Adolin said to him. You're not going to hurt anyone. You're here to save us. Renarin looked at him and smiled. A pulse of radiance washed through Adolin, and for an instant he saw himself perfected, a version of himself that was somehow complete and whole, the man he could be. It was gone in a moment, and Renarin pulled his hand free and murmured an apology. He mentioned again that the shard blade needed to be given away, and then fled back into the tower. Adolin stared after him. Gallant trotted up and nudged him for more sugar, so he reached absently into his satchel and fed the horse. Only after Gallant trotted off did Adolin realize he'd used his right hand. He held it up amazed, moving his fingers. His wrist had been completely healed. All right, so there's a couple of things here. I know, this is, bad. This is pretty big. Yeah, so Renarin uses... Renarin the healer. He uses something, and not only does it heal his wrist, but it also lets Adolin, for an instant, see, see himself as perfected, a version right. of himself that somehow was complete and whole, the man he could be. We know right. that Renarin can see the future, or maybe... Yeah, that's see what the we future, think. And yeah. this... Somehow what he's done, he's, he's let Adolin see a perfect version of himself. Right. Kind of like what Shalon does through, Shalon. through pictures, right? Right. She can because. show you what you could be, and then you want to be that thing. And in right. this way, Renarin has sort of done the same thing here, where he's kind of given Adolin a glimpse of the perfect person he could be, that he could attain that. Well, hasn't Kaladin also done that with his men, with Bridge Force? Giving, giving them, them a version, a vision. The, yeah, bringing, make, making better, better versions of themselves. So yeah. there is something to radiance that make people better than they are, or let right. them believe that they can be better than they are, which is really yeah. cool. It's really cool. But then he, then he straight up just heals his hand. Right. So Renarin can heal. That's one, it seems to be one of yep. his, so if we think one about of his, his powers, his power base, it seems to be healing and seeing, and the, seeing future. the future. Yeah. 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 And we know that, uh, um, surge binders share one power with another, another, right. uh, another radiant order. Yeah. And we In know that, yeah. um, edge dancers can heal. Right, because she heals by, but, right. but she ingests, right, food well, in order she, to do it. Her ingestion and turning food into Stormlight is power. from the Night Watcher. That's a bargain she made right. with the Night Watcher. That's a bargain. It yeah, has nothing yeah. to do with her, her, she, she would be doing it normally like everyone else with Stormlight, but she made right. a deal in order to do it differently. But her powers <laughs> as a surge binder, as an edge dancer are, you know, the abrasion and then, mm-hmm. uh, healing, regrowth. So, so. Um, Renarin has healing, man. That's yeah, fucking awesome. 
Yeah, it's great. He's the cleric. Yeah, he is. It's He's great. totally the cleric. It's a great. He's crazy cleric. cleric who can kind of see the future and goes, yeah. oh my God, it's coming, it's coming. But yeah. still a cleric <laughs> on his, <laughs> by himself. Like He's like a cleric what's prophet. Hi- what's your highlight um, for this chapter? It's a, it's, I think it's what Adolin thinks of Vernarin when he says people had a hard time following him sometimes, but that's because right. he tended to be so thoughtful. I, I yeah. love that. You know, yeah. I, one, I love it because, you know, we're learning a little bit more about Renarin, but I also love it because it's a brother who understands his own brother, you know? Mm-hmm. I fucking mm-hmm. love that. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, me too. I like the observation um, that he's, he, he wasn't trying to be esoteric. Yeah. His lips just sometimes failed to keep up with his brain. Yeah. I love that. It's true. What I like uh, about Adolin and Renarin in this as well is just him being able to decipher what his brother's saying yeah you know like that shows closeness with the two of them and i was kind of comparing it in my mind just a little bit to like han being able to understand chewy it's not just a bunch of growls and whatever it's you know he pieces it together he can hear perfectly and uh know what his brother means but i i really i'll join you in the highlight just that i like that renarin's brain is faster than his mouth he's contemplative brilliant deep and it's not esoteric or erratic behavior that other people might dismiss mm. it's something far greater right yeah yeah it's so. it's it's wonderful um i i also did like the whole the kaladin smiling and chuckling yeah and i was gonna say honorable mentions that's another yeah yeah, yeah. that's another great Happy kaladin and him referring to yeah. his blade as the sill blade is really fucking cool sill blade so yeah that's mm-hmm. those are some honorable mentions for sure Okay, chapter 11. The Rift. The the Rift. Did you ever play uh did you ever play Rifts uh the Rifts? RPG? Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. awesome, eh? It's good. Yeah, yeah, it's a good one. I remember. Juice uh, uh juicers and uh glitter boys. Kind of um Yeah, we used to play that with with you know early edition Shadowrun and Yeah. Paranoia and all yeah. those good goodies that were out at that time. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I've never yeah. played Paranoia, but uh, but Rift. The uh, oh, the, uh, the Rifts were awesome. This and this is a awesome chapter. The Rift. This is a great chapter. Holy jeez! Wow. Right? So thirty three years ago, we don't have any excerpts to read because we are just going back in time. Um, <laughs> excerpts. I just love it. Excerpt, you know, it never gets old. It literally we, never no, does. It yeah. No, it never does. No, not with us. 33 years ago. Okay. There's a bit of numerology going on here too. Mm-hmm. 33 years ago. It could have been 32, but it's not. It's 33 years ago. It's the three of them. Right. 33, three. You know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Dalinar danced from one foot to the other in the morning mist, feeling a new power, an energy in every step, his own shard plate. The world would never be the same place. He had won it himself in combat. Yes, that combat had involved kicking a man off of a cliff, but he defeated a shard bearer nonetheless. Right. Regardless. So, that's interesting. It's really cool. (laughs) Again, the Blackthorn. Yeah, so I think it says that two years have passed. I think we get to the point a little later where it says how how long. But two years have Mm -hmm. passed since the last time we had a flashback. So in Mm -hmm. those two years, he was able to acquire a shard shard plate, which is fucking Mm -hmm. awesome. Mm -hmm. By kicking someone off of a cliff. Yeah. He's a, I am Sparta. That's what he was like. I, we are Sparta. (laughs) And he just kicked the dude. 
I am the messenger. <laughs> the messenger. <laughs> well, that's what the other guy said. Oh, yeah, because he was just a messenger. <laughs> I'm just a messenger. Ah! I thought you were making some kind of weird Joan of Arc, no, Mila Jojovich no. uh, uh, joke. Like, I am the messenger. <laughs> no, but geez, now that you remind me of that. It's a good movie. Yeah. Messenger's a really good one. I've only seen that once. The um, hmm. Was it Dustin Hoffman who played God's Voice? Remember there was you a character me. in, in uh, The Messenger? Me. I haven't seen that in so long that it needs a refresher. Yeah, it's re- it's really, really good. Maybe we can convince Light Werewolf Weavers. Will to be uh, uh, yeah, a movie club. Yeah, the that's, Light Weavers. Yeah, 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 it's a good one. Um, Okay, calm down, Lenar, says, says Sadius. Sadius wore his own golden plate. Yeah. He says patience, and we've talked about this before with the golden plate. Yeah. How come he's the one in the... The, the golden shining. noble yeah. color. He even says right. here, "Calm, Dalinar, patience." He's like patience. the he's the reasonable one. He's the yeah the the tactician. Although there is reference in here from Gavilar that Sadius, you know, was pushing for more violent measures. Right. So, so I think that the Sadius that we know is kind of in place, but. I think we're we're, we're going to see more. I think he was pushing forward at the beginning, but by the end of this chapter, Gavilar says, "You know, we should be listening yeah. to Sadius because we have to build a kingdom here, not just right. like taking well, over territories." So you see what Sa- what Sadius seemed to blend fairly well. I think is the is being brutal and uh, um, you know taking the advantage, but also uh, I guess being able to administer politic, right? Which, which Dalinar seemed to have no interest in. And I don't have, I don't have any evidence in the text to, to support this, what I'm about to say here, but mm-hmm. maybe it's possible that he stoked the fires of brutality in Dalinar while trying to talk politically to Gavilar to make Dalinar look more brutish and unruly. It wouldn't surprise me if Sadius was playing both sides and pitting brothers against each other a little bit. Hmm. That could be. Um, okay. So golden boy patience, he says, it won't do any good. Sadius says Gavilar clad in a bright blue plate. Mm. The colon boys are chained ax hounds and we smell blood. We can't go into battle breathing calm, calming breaths centered and serene as the ardents teach. So I kind of like, I like this brotherly thing between Gavilar and him. Yeah. There's a smile that the two of them exchange yeah. in a bit that's really great when they storm off and they, I don't know, they kind of Leroy Jenkins this this moment <laughs> they, and then they, they leave totally behind. They totally Leroy Jenkins it. They You're totally, totally right. Leroy. You're totally right. They just blast off and Sadius is like, what? what? He's <laughs> the guy that's what like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> totally Leroy. Yeah. Um. The colon boys are chained axe hounds. I kind of, I kind of like that, that he's referring to him and his brother as, as animals. Yeah. Um, he wanted to dance with the anticipation spren whipping in the air, but behind them, the army waited in disciplined ranks. He almost felt as if he didn't need that army. Mm-hmm. He wore a massive hammer on his back, so heavy that an unaided man, not even the strongest among them would be able to lift it. He barely noticed the weight. Storms, this power. It felt remarkably like the thrill. Mm-hmm. 
And now imagine really... power stacked on power. We know in D&D mm-hmm. sometimes you get power and it um, it cancels each other out. You can't get mm-hmm. the, the, the plus four to AC from this and also from this if they're both yeah. the same kind of uh, yeah. armor bonus, right? But this, yeah. the power of the shard plate is giving him strength and mobility and speed and endurance. Yeah. And then he yeah. also gets this battle-hungry power yeah. from the thrill. He's unstoppable yeah. and he's dangerous. One day you're jumping on mushrooms, the next day you're firing little fireballs at the mushrooms, and the next day after that you're wearing a raccoon suit, twirling a tail around and swirling around in the yeah. air. Yeah. And if you're, lu- if you're unlucky, then you have to spend a whole level in a penguin suit sliding around on the ice. <laughs> yes, I love that. Have you seen the kitty cats? Okay, we're, we're getting off. Let's get back. Bring it back. Uh, everyone listening Once is going to be like, I want to know about the kitty cats. The kitty cat suits. Oh, come on. Okay, let's get back from Mario here. Let's yeah. get into this. So you're right. The power compounding on top of power. Yeah. Have you given thought to my suggestion, Dalinar? Sadius says. No. Sadius sighs. If Gavilar commands me, Dalinar says, then, then I'll marry. Don't bring me into this, Gavilar says. Well, Dalinar, Dalinar continues, until you say something, I'm staying single. The only woman he'd ever wanted belonged to Gavilar anyway. They'd married. They had a child now. A little girl. Yasna. Yeah. Yeah. Little Yasna. I, there's a one yeah. little part here that I want to bring to light. Sure. You know, Asadius is saying patience to both of these boys. Uh, mm-hmm. Dalinar seems to be the rabid one, like the one who's ready for battle. Oh, yeah. Dalinar seems to be calm, or Ga- Gavilar seems to be calm. Yep. But he keeps summoning his shard shard blade, dismissing it and uh, summoning it and dismissing it. Like he's got some kind of like nervous tick. Like he's like just ready to go. And he's just. Well, he's, he's, I think, I think it's because this conversation between Sadius and Dalinar is not going anywhere. Gavilar knows it. And he just wants and to he's get, just, okay, let's go. He just wants to get on with, yeah, yeah he's just he's right, waiting right. for the, he's yeah. like Sadius, whatever, like you're not going to reach my brother on this. Yeah. And really what I think is part of the reason why Gap or sorry, Dalinar is just so charged here. It's frustration. Yeah. He doesn't have like, it's pretty clear. He loves Navani. Right. It's pretty clear. Yeah, he, said, it he right says it here, in his little inner monologue. Yeah, he's like, I, yeah. the only woman I've ever loved the is only... with my brother, and I can't even think about her. And so he, he can't even think about her, can't have yep. her. So he's, I don't know, he's he's putting all of his energy elsewhere into something else. And into slaughter and be, battle and... It's into war, yeah. Right. That's that's what he's got to do. He's channeling. Um, A little girl. His brother must never know how Dalinar felt. Ooh. Yeah. I think this comes up again later in the chapter at the very, very end. Based on what we know now from Gavilar's death, the drunken state that Dalinar Dalinar was in in the night, do we think that that is intact prior to Gavilar's death? I think so, yes. He still did not know about his brother's feelings towards his wife. Mm -hmm. Okay. I believe so. Um, there's still a whole chunk of time here of flashbacks that we're going to learn about. So it's possible that Gavilar is known this whole time or we'll find out. Um, right. As of right now, there is no reason to believe that he does know until we read it in the text. But think of the benefit, Dalinar, Sadius says. Your wedding could bring us alliances 
and shards. Perhaps you could win us a princedom. One we wouldn't have to storming drive to the brink of collapse before they join us. After two years of fighting, only four of the ten princedoms had accepted Gavilar's rule. And two of those, Colin and Sadius, had been easy. The result was a united Alethkar against House Colin. Mm-hmm. So there's so, six against four right now. Yeah. Yeah. An uphill battle, though, even back then. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. To convince the, you know, the Princetons to come together or the... Right. Um, to force them to come together, because that's what they're doing. Yeah. 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 Gavilar was convinced that he could play them off one another, that their natural selfishness would lead them to stab one another in the back. Sadius, in turn, pushed Gavilar toward greater brutality. See, there you go. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Sadius, you know, pushing Gavilar towards greater brutality, he claimed that the fiercer their reputation, the more cities would turn to them willingly rather than risk being pillaged. So... That part of Sadius is in place. Yeah, you're right. He might be, right. he might have the, like, like he might be measured with regards to politic and he, he might know when to pull back. Right. Or when to abandon someone on the battlefield. Right. He, right. he's showing this chapter. I mean, we, we learn a lot about Dalinar in this chapter for sure, but we sneakily learn a lot about Sadius too and about what he's capable of. Yeah. Cause yes, he's. Okay, so he's pushing for more brutality. He's saying our reputation will allow us to win easier battles because people will quake in our arrival. Right. But he's also saying, yeah. hey, Dalinar, think about marrying for politics because we can. We might even be able to win a princedom, a whole Game. princedom with you yep. just marrying someone and then mm-hmm. that'll make our life easier. So he's like, yeah. he's narrowly focused on winning this for Gavilar. Do you know what I mean? Like any what, means necessary. Kind of, politics, brutality, any way. Right. That's the key is the any means necessary. He's not just locked into battle. He's looking on all fronts on how to win. Exactly. And, yeah. that, incl- and that includes marriage. And that's one of the reasons yeah. why at the beginning of this book, Dalinar says, you know, with Sadius dead, we lost a huge resource. This fight, this right. desolation right. is going to be so we much harder. Him. Yeah. If we could have had Sadius on our side and fully trusting of him, it would have been way easier to win because he was so brilliant at this. It's just too bad that he turned out to be a, a fart knocker. That's the official <laughs> Rosharian term, by the, the way. The I don't know if you term. guys knew that, but. The knocker of. Okay. <laughs> I am um, the one who knocks. Sorry, that's I'm... a different. I am the one who nogs. Yeah. Um, okay. So Sat, yeah, you're right. Um, Sadius is interesting that way. Um, he says, well, will you at least consider a union of political necessity? Oh, no, hang on. Did, did I skip something here? House against Colin. Yeah. Gavilar was convinced that he could play them off one another. Oh yeah, we did all that. The more cities would turn to them mm-hmm. willingly rather than risk being pillaged. Yeah. Well, again, that's, you're leading by fear. It's like, you know, okay, join us or be pillaged or die. It's a sound tactic though, when you're thinking about warfare, it is a definitely a sound tactic. Will you at least consider a union of political necessity? Storms, are you still on that? Dalinar says, let me fight. You and my brother can worry about politics. You can't escape this forever, Dalinar. You realize that, right? We'll have to worry about feeding the dark eyes, about city infrastructure, about ties with other kingdoms and politics. You and Gavilar, Dalinar says. Sadius says, all of us, all three. Mm-hmm. 
there's that numerology again. And it's it's cool because Dalinar is saying, I don't want any part of it. You and you and my brother can take care of all that stuff. Yeah. And Sadius is like, no, it has to be the three of us. Mm-hmm. And there's there's a part of me that wants to believe that Sadius is like, no, we do this together, like the three musketeers. Like we're in this mm-hmm. together. And yeah. I, I kinda like that. You know what I mean? Me too. Well, absolutely. I, I like it too. It's just the there must be some kind of uh, rift, if you will, that happens between him and Sadius that drives them apart. Yeah. I mean, I think Whether it's Gavilar's death, you know? Gavilar's death, the adherence to the way of kings. Yeah. And that's what, who, who started that um, first was Gavilar. Gavilar is the one who first got into yeah. all that stuff. So you see, again, see that betrays, see, if you're going into the way of kings, you're now into tenets of a religion or you're into um these oaths mm-hmm. and it becomes rigid and that rigidity is not flexible enough to win as right. sadius sees the battlefield right right mm-hmm. it doesn't allow for that freedom so that's no good for, for someone like sadius yeah we, we talked about this a little bit before and maybe in the way of kings when we started kind of learning about sadius and gavilar and dalinar but it was more likely it feels to me like it's more likely that Sadius is Gavilar's friend and Gavilar is right. Dalinar's brother. And that's why they're connected. And they probably grew up being friends like that. But Gavilar and Sadius were probably the ones who were most friends. Mm-hmm. The one thing I want to bring up though, that, that scratches the back <clears throat> of my brain is that mm. Gavilar did not tell either Dalinar or Sadius about the things he was working on behind the scenes with Amaram and the Sons of Honor. And this plan honor. to bring right. back the listeners' gods to force a, de- right. a desolation in order to bring back the Knights Radiant. And he didn't trust either one of them with that. So yeah. do you think it all, it, it all sort of, if that's, if that's something and we're to gnaw on that a little bit, do you think it just, it, we can chalk it up to just light eyes are light eyes? Maybe it might have to do with just Gavilar and the kind of person he was. I mean, it takes, it takes quite the ego to be like, I want to be the, the guy who unites everyone. And I want to be the next sun maker, the great conqueror. So, I mean, I don't know. It, it's tricky to find out motivations of a guy who's not in the, in the story anymore, you know? Mm. All right. Let's continue on a little Mm -hmm. bit. Um, weren't you trying to get me to relax dalinar snaps the rising sun dispersed the fog and let him see their target a wall about 12 feet high beyond that nothing a flat rocky expanse or so it appeared the chasm city was difficult to spot from this direction it was named rathalas it was also known as the rift an entire city that had been built inside a rip in the ground Bright Lord Tanelan is a shardbearer, right? Dalinar asks. Sadius sighs. We only went over this four times, Dalinar. I was drunk. Tanelan, shardbearer? Blade only, brother, Gavilar says. He's mine, says Dalinar. Mm-hmm. His brother laughs. Only if you find him first. I've half a mind to give that blade to Sadius. At least he listens in our meetings. All right, Sadius says, let's do this carefully. Remember the plan, Gavilar, you... Gavilar gives his brother a grin, slams his faceplate down, and then takes off running to leave Sadius mid-sentence. Dalinar whooped and joined him. 
plated boots grinding against the stone. Sadius cursed loudly and then followed. Right. This is the Leroy Jenkins moment. <laughs> Leroy Jenkins! <laughs> so so let's plan this out carefully, says Sadius. Remember but no, the plan. The two of them. Yeah. Yeah, the axe hounds are loose. Yeah. I want to um, bring us back to um, when he says um, this Chasm City was difficult to spot. It's kind of like mm-hmm. Yada and Sesmelik's Dar, where it exists inside the ground, which is really fucking yeah. cool. Yeah. And it's named Rathalast, also known Rathalast. as the Rift. It's not the first time we've heard this in a previous chapter when Dalinar is talking to the Ardent, his personal Ardent, Kadash. He says... Uh, he remembered Kadash bloodied, kneeling on the ground, having wretched until his stomach was empty, a hardened soldier who had encountered something so vile that he was, uh, that he was shaken. He'd left to become an ardent the next day. And then Dalinar says the rift, Rathalas. Right, so he's, as their point of reference. Mm-hmm, so he's like remembering that, <clears throat> you know, uh, Kadash had a really bad experience with this city and now we're at this city. Doesn't necessarily mean that this battle is the battle they're talking about, but. No, but something that took has, place here. Has to do with this city. Yeah. Um, rocks started falling. Catapults from behind the wall were hurling boulders at them, crashing causing sprays of smaller rocks to hit to hit them they were slamming them shaking to the ground causing rock bud vines to curl up i like this there's a way this described spraying chips of stone and i can just imagine these things like you know just explosions little michael bay action where where, where the rocks are (laughs) shattering and you've got these like shards going it's like the first matrix you've got You've got shards going everywhere. Oh, look at that. Oh, very mm. fun. There. Watch the ballistas, Gavilar shouts. Atop the wall, soldiers aimed massive crossbow-like devices mounted to the stone. One sleek bolt proved far more accurate than the catapults. The bolt hits the ground with such force that the wood shattered. Yeah. You know what I also like, too, is, like, are they making some kind of a a symbol or, or like, like it seems that things are hitting the ground and shattering. So it's like the earth itself is like the shield. Right. You know what I mean? Like yeah. the, the, like it's They're the wood shattering, the, 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 the stone. Ground. Yeah. Yeah. So I, that's kind of an interest because, because in this chapter, Dalinar is focusing on plate all the time. Like plate is, is the most important thing. It's not the sword. It's mm-hmm. not the mount. Mm-hmm. It's the plate. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of neat that you've got that, that being protected by that concept Mm -hmm. is, is, is underneath your feet. Yeah. Well, and also it kind of speaks maybe to the assassin in white, not wanting to walk on stone and. Yeah. He thinks he's of a religion that uh, reveres stone, right? Yeah. He also comes from a place where you can walk on grass, which doesn't happen very often in the rest of Roshar. Right. Okay, so Dalinar grins, feeling the thrill awaken within him and recovered his feet. He leaped over a bolt trailing netting. Oh yeah, that's cool too. They had these bolts with netting attached to them to trip people on the battlefield. Yeah. Yeah, that's really cool. Tantalan's men delivered a storm of wood and stone. This was how it should be, thinks Dalinar. Well, actually, he says, it says here in the text, Dalinar, Gavilar, and Sadius together. Other responsibilities didn't matter. Life was about the fight, 
a good battle in the day, then at night a warm hearth, tired muscles, and a good vintage of wine. It's, it's it, again, it's interesting how he's listing these things off that are good for him. Right. Navani doesn't make the list. No, no. He, right. I, he's but, but, absolutely but it, again, trying it's, to it, forget about her because he can't right. have her. He can't be with her. So right. he's not mentioning her. I do like and that a, he And a lot of these... Go ahead. Sorry. Uh, uh, like a, a lot of these things that he's doing, you know, battle, warm hearth, tired muscles, good wine, it, it, it kind of drowns out... You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like you're, you're, you're in, you're in the din of war, like the, the, um, calamity of war, whatever. It's, um, I think he's trying to drown out two things that he, you know, desires or misses or wants or. To, to quote you know I mean? the, like, uh, title of the last chapter, <clears throat> it's a distraction. Distraction. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this was how it should be. He thinks Dalinar leaped a mighty jump, grabs a set of crenels atop the wall and this jump that he did, I think is over 12 feet high. Mm-hmm. He hurls himself over the lip onto the wall. This was almost too easy. He seized his hammer, then brought it up, swung it in a wide arc, tossing men from the wall like leaves before a gust of wind. Again, I can't help but think of the mighty blow from, um, in the Lord of the Rings, uh, movie, the very first one when, um, Sauron is using his mace. Just uh, smashing people all over Just the place? Sma- yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Just beyond him, Sadius kicks over a ballista, destroying the device with a, with a casual blow. Gavilar attacks with his blade, dropping corpses by the handful, their eyes burning. And Dalinar surges through them, and in a few moments, likely killed more men than he had in his entire life. Yeah. At that, he felt a surprising yet profound dissatisfaction. Yeah. That's a little interesting hint there. It's like a little grain of sand, a little seed that will become who he is later on when he's fighting yeah. at the Shattered Plains, right? When he has because outward he's surprised by it. Yeah, he is surprised yeah. by it. He's surprised by that. This was not about his skill or his momentum. Yeah, this I like a lot. Because remember his not last his flashback. Skill, his mom- the last flashback chapter was called Momentum. Right. This was not about his skill, his momentum, or even his reputation. You could have replaced him with a toothless gaffer and produced practically the same result. Because of the power of the because plate? Because of the power. Too much power. Mm-hmm. So there's a part of him that is kind of coming to the surface here a little bit, or it's bubbling somewhere, mm-hmm. where he realizes wait a second, this isn't, this doesn't allow for me to actually be recognized or surface. Like you could have given this weapon to anybody and yeah. got similar results. Yeah. So I, I'm not, I'm not really in this. I'm not a part of this. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not the one who's doing this. The plate is. I wonder, are you at mm. all uh, um, curious what it would look like to have a toothless gaffer in the shard plate? creating mayhem because i'd love to see that scene you you do, want me to do what with this plate <laughs> do, i don't well, think I, I could do it is a gaffer is a gaffer uh, uh like an old guy isn't it a word for a like a senior it, uh, like a like an older dude ga- see, see i always thought a gaffer was like um maybe a term for a, a horse or something 
Is it not? Uh, I think I think he. I mean, maybe producer. Maybe I. Producer. Am, yeah, where's Buzzkill when <laughs> we, we need him? Um, Ashlyn. Ashlyn. Uh, yeah, we um, help us out here. I think please. a gaffer is probably in this tense. I think it means like an older dude, like a. <laughs> okay. He dug deeply within and found the thrill waiting. Yeah, that's I. I like the way some of the language describes the thrill in this chapter. Doesn't go into it in any kind of depth, but mm-hmm. I'll cling on to it when I get it. That the thrill is waiting. Yeah, I I kind of like that. It's that it's sinister. Yes, it's capitalized, and I'm still not sure why. I like the um, fact that he has to dig deep for it. Like it's in him, yeah. but it's not just right there. He has to find it in him, and and yeah. I think that's because he he felt surprisingly that he was dissatisfied with the slaughter. So in order to get yeah. over that, in order to be yeah. distracted by that, he driving goes for away the, thrill. the dissatisfaction. So, um, he tried to do this, he tried to do this, um, in the Shattered Plains, he was slaughtering Parshendi and he mm-hmm. ma- started making him sick. So in order to get over the sickness and in order to be able to continue fighting, he went for the thrill, which ended up making it worse for him then. But now it's the exact right medicine for him to get over this dissatisfaction. He digs deep for the thrill and the thrill allows him to co- overcome any kind of distaste he has for killing all these men. Why would the thrill not be the same with the killing? I think like because, if he's if he's fighting the Parshendi, I think it, I don't think it has to do with the enemy. I think it has to do with who he is then and now. Like yeah. who he is at this time, thirty three years ago, he was a young punk kid who didn't yeah. care, wanted the slaughter, wanted the brutality. As he got yeah. older, he got Could over be all that, that and not wanting it. I'm looking for something more complex, but mm-hmm. perhaps it's just that. Um, okay. This was too easy. He dug deep to find the thrill, driving away the dissatisfaction. Nothing these men did could touch him. He was a destroyer, a conqueror, a glorious maelstrom of death, a god. Yeah. Small g. Yeah. Yeah. Sadius was saying something. The silly man gestured in his golden shard plate. Dalinar blinked looking out over the wall, and you could see that the rift proper from this advantage, or from this vantage, a deep chasm in the ground that hid an entire city. Catapults, Dalinar. Bring down those catapults. Those catapults were still launching stones and could drop hundreds of them. So Dalinar leaps for the edge of the wall, grabs a rope ladder. The ropes, though, snapped, and he crashes to the ground, Mm -hmm. crashing on his plate, his pride taking a big blow, Sadius looks over the edge, always rushing into things. Take some time to think once in a while, won't you? Mm-hmm. This is this is Sadius. Uh, so th- this has a, for me, it's a very Obi Wan uh, Anakin mm-hmm. vibe here, mm-hmm. big time. Yeah, he can you definitely know? he he knows his friends so well he can hear what he's thinking, right? Like yeah, he can yep. kind of come up. This next line here is important for me. That had been a flat out green vine mistake. Mm-hmm. Forgetting about the catapults, mistake. the plan was for him to go in and destroy the catapults. Right. And he got distracted by the thrill and the mayhem and the slaughter. And I wrote a note yep. here, maybe the strength of having the shard plate and the thrill comes at a cost that he loses himself in it. Yeah. Right? Yep. So, Absolutely. Mm-hmm. You don't have all your faculties together when you're in the thrill. For sure. You, you don't. Dalinar growls and climbs to his feet, searching for the hammer but he bent it. He bent the handle in the fall. How, how would he done that? It wasn't, 
It wasn't made of the same strange metal as blades and plate, but it was good steel. Dalinar set his jaw, and the thrill saturated him. And reached he reached for a stout wooden door, ripping it off of its hinges. <laughs> mm-hmm. There were more of this armor, so there was more to this armor than he'd ever imagined. Maybe he wasn't any better with the plate than some old gaffer, but he would change that. Hmm. Maybe he wasn't any better with the plate. Yeah. Maybe he hasn't really learned how to use it properly. Yeah. But also it doesn't make you, it doesn't make you better by having the plate on or maybe having the sword or maybe having the mount. Mm-hmm. That doesn't make you better. Hmm. It's he like determined what, that he. Sorry, sorry, I was going to say it's like it's kind of like what Kaladin said that Stormlight didn't make him better fighter. It made what he was already right easier to pull off, easier to last longer, stronger. But he already had to be a really good spearman in order to take advantage. It wouldn't have. Yeah. It doesn't give you skill. It enhances the skill you already have. He determined that he'd never be surprised again. That's what Dalinar's conclusion was after, after making that fall. Mm-hmm. Um, he would wear this plate morning and night. He would sleep in the storming stuff until he was more comfortable in it than out. Love that. Yeah. You know? The t- determination. It's, it's kind of... Yeah, it's interesting. Like he, it's, like, it's like wearing a different skin. Mm-hmm. And he seems determined to do it, but it's it's kind of it's kind of a a strange thing for this character because I don't think that it's the wearing of it that brings about the being that he's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's like some other some other like creature. Well, the Blackthorn, I guess. Mm-hmm. He is a creature. He raised the wooden door. Oh, can I get this? He raises the wooden door that he's ripped off and swung it like a bludgeon. Yeah. Well, he doesn't have his hammer, he's right? Using so. the door. Yeah. Right. Using the door, dude. Yeah. Um, and and sweeps it across these soldiers and uh, creates an opening, a path to the catapults. He ripped its wheel off sending the machine teetering, grabbing the catapult's arm and breaking it free. Only ten more to go. He heard a distant voice calling him, Dalinar. Sadius raised a hand in salute. Dalinar waves back. The, the reason why is because it says and here... And grab the hammer. In this little chapter, in this little paragraph here, Sadius reaches back and yeah. grabs his own hammer and throws it across the right. way... And throws it. And he throws it to Dalinar, yeah. yeah. He's like, I, you know, like, I saw that you For bend him. your fucking hammer. Here's my hammer. So here you go. Here's it's a fucking mine. awesome move. It, it's also interesting that he did that because he must have, be, you know, greater confidence that he won't need it and it's better in Dalinar's <laughs> right. hands. Well, he's busy right? planning everything, right? Yeah. He's like the wizard. He's like, I'll just stay back here. You know what? In so, in so many ways, walking away from from um, the tower, it's it's really all Sadius could do yeah. potentially. I can't defeat him in battle, right? So the only that. way I can defeat him is by putting him up against impossible odds. Yeah, it's true. You know. Yeah. Um. 
Sadius raises the hand, yeah, he waves back, grabs the hammer, pounds the machines, leaving behind shattered wood. Engineers, many of them women, scramble to get away, and they're screaming, Blackthorn, Blackthorn. This is when he's the monster, man. He's truly it's the monster so now. so great. Gavilar had secured gates and opened them to the soldiers, and a flood of men entered. The Rift was a fitting name, and within it, there was life. There was gardens bobbing with life spren, buildings built practically on top of one another down the V-shaped cliffsides. The place teemed with a network of, of stilts, bridges, and wooden walkways. It's amazing how a lot of this is the same way I imagined um, when we were covering Edge Dancer. Yeah. Um, it's, it has a similar sort of feel for me, but it's two different places, right? Yeah, like it's a completely different place. I feel like yeah. this one's more wood covered than Yadaw was. Right. Yadaw is yeah, like, yeah. you know, cut with sharp carved blades, into the stone. carved into the actual stone, whereas this yeah. is a natural forming riff that they they retrofitted they, for life. Right. Yeah. And that's why there's all the damage to the wood mm-hmm. and everything falling mm-hmm. apart. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Which actually makes it dangerous for the, and I love the tactic. Yeah, later on. This high, yeah. Well, yeah, it's kind of like, well, how do you defeat these the, the, the shard bears? Bring them in into the rift, Lure and them onto in. the yeah, onto the wood. It's going to collapse and break. Right. Take falling damage, then attack. Yeah. Surround them and like, take them out. Yeah, it, it's it's it was a good strategy. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, the gardens. Yeah, this is cool. The west, where the canyon continued, opened opened up below, at the shores of a lake. Mm-hmm. So that's interesting. This, yeah, but this isn't. This is not near Pure Lake, though. No, 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 no nowhere okay. near it. No. Okay. Um, a wide cleft like this one was perfect for a city, but how did you protect it? Any attacking enemy would have the high ground. It's a very good point. Mm-hmm, it is. Many cities walked a risky line between security from storms and security from men. It's that's that a great line. Constant juggling you have to do living in this world mm-hmm. yeah where was high lord tanalan himself behind thaka approached with a small squad of elites joining dalinar on the stone viewing platform something's going on with this city dalinar says what i don't know he knew battlefields like a woman knew her mother's recipes. He might not be able to give you measurements, but he could taste when something was off. What a good metaphor, eh? Oh, yeah. I love that so much. Colin's soldiers clashing with Tanalan's defenders. Gavilar clomps across the stone, Sadius beside him. They'd want to survey the city and rain arrows upon those below. Three shardbearers, Dalinar thought. Tanalan has to be planning to deal with us somehow. Dalinar glanced to the sides and saw cracks in the stone floor of the viewing platform. No, Dalinar shouts to Gavilar. Stay back. It's a... I think he was going to say it's a trap. He probably <laughs> was. <laughs> it's a trap. The enemy must have been watching for the moment he shouted. The ground fell from beneath him and Dalinar caught a glimpse of Gavilar looking on in horror as Dalinar, Thaka, and a handful of the other elites toppled into the rift. You know what makes me... So it... Go ahead. So, no, it's... it's it, this, is, this is falling damage in D&D. This is a classic... Sure. 
you know, a classic way to weaken the weaken the characters. Mm-hmm. And that's like if you can take out a few elites here, but also weaken the Blackthorn. Yeah. Then we might be able to get him. And it, and it, I think it does. This blow, I think, breaks his armor. Yeah. Um, it's the first time that his armor gets. Sh- it's um, it's kind of funny that, you know, Dalinar just sees it not in time, but all. Yeah. Maybe let's say that he does see it in time and his reaction, his no allows Sadius to grab Gavilar before the two of them fall in. So at the very least, yeah, he's yeah, his seeing maybe, it eh? saves his brother, the king, and Sadius. Likewise, Kaladin screaming out, no, it's a trap. When they were on the bridge, on the bridge. allowed Adolin to save Dalinar before they fell into the chasm. And the only two main characters that did fall in were the ones who were able to survive it with Stormlight. So mm-hmm. I like how this is like a trope that was, and Sadius was there for this one, and he's the one who orchestrated the other one in the chasms, right? Because his assassin, right, the, the, the third lumberyard guy, the third... Um, <laughs> guy that we it's not his fault he was just got mixed up with no. bad people or whatever yeah 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 yeah. but um yeah so i i like the how how it's symmetrical it is that it happened before and it happened again right um a moment later he crashed into a building with an awful crunch something had hit his arm an impact so powerful he heard his armor shatter the building failed to stop him though he shook his head and found himself staring upwards some 50 feet through a shattered section of the near-vertical wooden city. Mm -hmm. He didn't see signs of his men, Thaka and the other elites, but without Shardplate. He growled, anger spren boiling around him, like pools of blood. His armor all down his left arm was shattered. In falling, he appeared to have broken a few fingers. His shard plate was leaking now, glowing white smoke from a hundred fractures. He gingerly pried himself from the rooftop, but as he shifted, he broke through and fell into a home. Members of the family screaming, pulling back against the wall. Tanalan apparently hadn't told the people of his plan to crush a section of his own city in a desperate attempt to deal with the enemy shard bearers. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So he's, you know you're using you're using the citizens to your advantage because when you invade like that you might think that an evacuation may have taken place right but it hasn't right yeah he's pretty he's pretty ruthless and he says he accuses dalinar later of some pretty shitty shit but he didn't even warn his own people that he was going to pull something off so yeah exactly yeah A hail of arrows immediately fell onto Dalinar, shielding his eye slit as best as he could while he inspected the source of the attack. Fifty archers were set up on a garden platform on the other other storming side of the rift from him. He he says, wonderful. He thinks wonderful. He recognized the man leading the archers, tall with an imperious bearing and stark white plumes on his helm. Who puts chicken feathers on their helms? It looked ridiculous. Well, Tanalan was a fine enough fellow. Dalinar had beat him once at pawns, and Tanalan had paid the bet with a hundred glowing bits of ruby, each dropped into a corked w- bottle of wine. Dalinar had always found that amusing. It's kind of interesting that, you know, one day you're making bets, 
playing you cards know, or whatever it is. Playing pawns. Yeah, playing pawns. And the next day you're hunting this person down. Yeah. Willing to kill he them. He seems like he has good memories of this guy. Like. Yeah. Yeah. But it's just, it, it's just, it's this weird. Alepi you know, culture, warfare. Yeah. This, you know, these high lords, these, these, yeah, mm-hmm. these light eyes. It's just really, I don't know. It's really cutthroat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Reveling in the thrill. Driving away the pain. Sadius was leading a force down one of the ramps outside the path of the rockfall, but it would be slow going. By the time they would arrive, Dalinar had intended to have a new shard blade. Isn't that cool? Yeah. By the time you get here, I'll be done with I'll, I'll be, be done with Tanalan. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. He charged onto one of the bridges and crossed the rift. Unfortunately, he knew exactly what he would do if preparing this city for an assault. And sure enough, a pair of soldiers hurried down the other side of the rift, then used axes to attack the supports. Dalinar had predicted this. Yeah. So he knew exactly how to counter-react. Isn't that great? Yeah, he just knows warfare. He's like, what Mm -hmm. would I have done if I was the one that planned this? And this is what I would have done, and this is exactly what was done. It's really smart. amazing. I love it. The bottom wash of the rift was easily another hundred feet below. Another hundred foot drop. Yeah. Growling, Dalinar made the only choice he could. He threw himself over the side of his walkway. He heaved himself up and continued running across. Two more soldiers reached the posts, holding up the bridge, and they began frantically hacking away. The walkway shook beneath Dalinar's feet. He didn't have much time, so Dalinar pushed himself into a run. His footfalls cracking boards. A single black arrow fell from above, swooping like a sky eel. It dropped one of the soldiers. Another arrow followed, hitting the second soldier. Even as he gawked at his fallen ally, the walkway stopped shaking, and Dalinar grinned. Teleb, you storming miracle. This is great. So the previous flashback, when he recruited that guy to his elites, who was that archer who could shoot from far away... Right. Ends up being Taleb, his second in command right. at the Shattered Plains. He's dead now because he died at the Battle of the Everstorm. Yeah, he but did. But I like how Sanderson does this. He kills a yep. character off, but the character is still in the story because of these flashbacks. It's so yeah, well it's done. So, it's it's so it's so well done. Taleb here is um is a Hawkeye. Yeah. Um, and I like to think of it that way that, you know, you've got a, you've got one of the Avengers running across the bridge. Yeah. It's impossible. The shard plate is, is bearing down on this wood. It's heavy. Yeah. So you take these two guys out and then the woods, the the wood stops creaking. Yeah. You know, he looks up, you know, Taleb, you. He's a storming miracle. Yeah. A storming miracle. He reaches the other side and plucks an ax from the hands of a dead man. And then he charged up a ramp toward where he'd seen High Lord Tanalan. He found a wide wooden platform built on struts connected to parts of the wall. Life spread scattered as Dalinar reached it. <laughs> Life spread trying to move away from Dalinar. Yeah, they're like, oh God. Like <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like the, like the, well, just, you know, like, like the Blackthorn is here. He's a deliverer of death. Yeah. We're so life the life are like, let's get <laughs> yeah. out of here. Yeah. We, yeah. Don't wanna, we don't want to fuck with that guy. No. Okay. Centered in the garden, Tanalan waited with a force of some 50 soldiers. Mm-hmm. 
Tanalan was armored in simple steel, no shard plate, though a brutal-looking shard blade. It was wide, with a hooked tip. Tanalan barked for his soldiers to stand back, and then he strode towards Dalinar, holding the shard blade with both hands. So, two-handed wielder, no plate. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, similar to like what, you know, barbarian going into battle yep. or something like this, mm-hmm. but he's confident, like he's striding towards Dalinar. Yeah. Did you, okay, did so, you recognize the blade immediately? No, okay. I did not. You didn't know it was Oathbringer until the end? I think I should have because I think the it's been tip. described. Yeah. It, the hook tip. It's the only yeah. shard blade ever described like that. Right. So I should have picked up on it immediately, but I... Well, there's a lot going on in this chapter, right? I'm glad I didn't. Mm -hmm. I'm kind of glad I didn't know right away because then when it was revealed, I was like, oh, Oh, it's... (laughs) This is the whole name of the book. Yeah. It worked out better. Yeah. Oh. And and I was like, I was like, oh, I'm dumb. Oh. (laughs) Because I missed it. (laughs) Thanks, Mr. Sanderson. I'm dumb. You're for showing me the dumbness. (laughs) The dum-dums. Okay. Holding up the shard blade with both hands. Well, Dalinar had used both blade and plate. And if given the choice of one, he'd pick plate every time. All he needed to do was get in one solid hit on Tanalan, and the fight would be over. The High Lord, however, had to contend with a foe who could resist his blows. Right. The thrill thrummed inside of Dalinar. You should not have... Okay, so here's the problem. Because... When I was reading this initially, I, um, I, you know, it was a very tense moment. He's striding towards him with Oathbringer, the hooked blade, and, and he's about to say something really dramatic, but what it really sounds like is, you should not have come here, Dalinar. <laughs> yeah. Because his voice <laughs> bore a distinctively the, nasal well, accent common to this region. Yeah, common to this region. So, so in the first <laughs> sentence, when I was reading this. Um, I do like the idea of you reading that, that, that sentence like normal or like more ominously and then reading the well, description because, of it and going, well, oh because, shit. So that, <laughs> that's the problem is that when I first read it, I'm like, you should not have come here, Dalinar. And I, you know, I was in my mind yeah. saying it, something like that. And then the next sentence is, Tantalan said, his voice bore a distinctively nasal accent. So then I went, hang on. Did he just say, you should not have come here, Dalinar. <laughs> I love it. It's and, so funny. And so I, I couldn't, so then I was starting to laugh. I'm like, wait a sec. No, no, no. I, I'm, I'm going to ignore that nasal bit here. Yeah. Um, the rifters, I like that term. Mm-hmm. The rifters always had considered themselves a people apart. Mm-hmm. We had no quarrels with you or yours. Yeah, but you refused to submit to the king, Dalmar yeah. says, trying to keep an eye on the soldiers. He wouldn't put it past them to attack him once he was distracted by the duel it was what he himself would have done. And as it turns out, that is what happened. Right. Cause a little later he says something like, you know, that yeah. tentative truth, a uh, truce only works until your high prince is no longer winning. Right. The king, Tanlan demands, there hasn't been a throne in Alfkar for generations. Even if we were to have a king again, who is to say that the Colins deserve the mantle? The way I see it, Dalinar says. The people of Alethkar deserve a king who is the strongest and most capable of leading them in battle. If only there were a way to prove that. Mm-hmm. And he, he starts to grin. Right. 
Tanalan attacked. Dalinar dances back, dodging the attacks. Tanalan growled and came in again. So again, he's not the only... Dalinar is not the only animal here. No. He's not the only axe hound. He's not the only blackthorn nope. or white spine or... There are other animals here and Tanalan is one of them. Mm-hmm. Dalinar blocks the blow. Swinging with his axe, Tanalan... Or sorry, swinging with his axe, he blocks the blow. Tanalan dodged back. Dal- Dalinar maneuvers. He couldn't even feel the pain of his broken fingers anymore. The thrill called to him. Right. And then he says inside, he says, wait, act like you're drawing this out as long as possible. Yeah. Very smart. Not to just fully give in to the, the thrill. Right. Think tactically for once. Right. Tanalan advanced again. Dalinar dodging back. And then when Tanalan tried the next strike, Dalinar ducked towards him. Mm-hmm. He deflected the shard blade, but his blow hit hard, shattering the arm plate, lowering his shoulder, and slammed it against Tanalan. The Bright Lord tripped, but unfortunately, Dalinar was off balance, just enough for him to rush to fall alongside the High Lord. The platform shook as they hit the ground. Dalinar drops off his right gauntlet. He'd lost the axe, unfortunately. The High Lord battered against Dalinar with the pommel of his sword to no effect. Dalinar couldn't get a good hold of his foe. And he rolls, where the weight of the shard plate would keep his foe pinned. Right. At that moment, though, the other soldiers attacked. So, so he gets on top of him, like, like pinning him down. Yeah. And that's when the others start attacking. Yeah, he says here he's... um. Just he as he surrounded. expected. He didn't, he said he hadn't wanted to go down to the ground while surrounded by foes because he, right. he knew that all this guy's men were there, but Dalinar didn't have men with him as well, right? No. He lost them all. No, he lost in them that, in the fall. Yeah, in that fall, right? So he's right. literally alone out there. Honorable duels like this on a battlefield, at least, always lasted only until your light eyes was losing. Right. So true. He gets to his feet and scoops up his axe, drops three men with a flurry of axe slices, helping Tanalan. Sorry, the, the, his, the, the men were helping Tanalan to his feet. You speak of the people, Tanalan says. He seemed to be having trouble breathing. You speak of the people as if this were about them, as if it were for their good, that you loot and you pillage and you murder. You're an uncivilized brute. You can't civilize war, Dalinar says. There's no painting it up and making it pretty. Hmm. Interesting that he chooses like an artistic thing there. Yeah. There's no way to, there's no way to paint this, Shalon. Shalon would be like, hmm, like she gives a little nod to that. Nice metaphor, <laughs> Dalinar. You don't have to pull sorrow um, behind you like a sledge on the stones, scraping and crushing those you pass. You're a monster. I really like that line. Me too. I'm a soldier, Dalinar says. Tanalan coughs. My city is lost. My plan has failed. But I can do Alethkar one last service. I can take you down, you bastard. The archers started to loose. Dalinar threw himself to the ground. The wood cracked, and he broke through it. The entire platform came crashing down around him, and they fell towards the tier below. His helm cracked right down the front. The uncommon vision granted by the armor spoiled. 
That's interesting. Eh? The uncommon vision from the armor. Yeah, I feel like it's like a he, he has like a magical heads up display or something. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's interesting. Um, he pulled the helm free with one hand. Steady, Dalinar, be ready. He got to his feet. Two soldiers. Um, but the two soldiers didn't come for him. They huddled around Tanalan's body. Mm-hmm. The soldiers grabbed him and fled. Dalinar roared and awkwardly gave pursuit. Yeah, I kind of like this awkwardly because, you know, he is wounded. Yeah, again he fell, right? Right. But the thrill, the thrill drove him forward. He would not be beaten. I like it's how it's described there. The thrill drove him forward. Like he's not driving the car. Yeah. Yeah, it's exactly it because he has the thrill when it, the way it's written is, but the thrill yeah. capitalized the mm-hmm. thrill and it's in italics now drove right. him forward. Like you're right. It is, it's no longer in his hands. It's not the him driving. taken over. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's he more and more beaten. like a berserker rage, right? Yeah. He would not stop. Tanalan's shard blade had not appeared beside his body and that meant that his foe still lived. Dalinar had not yet won. So winning is very important to Dalinar. For sure. So the t- soldiers are dragging their bright lord, they're dragging Tanalan away. Near the top, the two soldiers set their burden down, an exposed portion of the chasm's rock wall. They did something that caused a portion of that wall to open, revealing a hidden door, and they towed their fallen bright lord into it and two other soldiers. Mm-hmm. Dalinar saw red as he engaged them. The fight still ended with the two soldiers on the ground, broken and bleeding, and Dalinar kicked open the hidden door. At the end of a short walk, he found two soldiers he'd followed. Judging by the blood trail, they'd deposited their bright lord in the closed room behind them. The pain in Dalinar's arms and head seemed nothing before the thrill. He had rarely felt it so strong as he did now. Mm -hmm. A beautiful clarity such a wonderful emotion. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's kind of like drugs too, isn't it? Yeah, it, it totally is, for sure. You know, the speed or something. Um, he uses his shoulder to crush one soldier against the wall. The other fell to a well-placed kick. And then Dalinar burst through the door beyond them. Mm-hmm. Tanalan lay on the ground here, blood surrounding him. A beautiful woman was draped across him, weeping. A young boy... Six, perhaps seven. Tears streaked the child's face, and he struggled to lift his father's shard blade in two hands. Dalinar loomed in the doorway. You can't have my daddy. You can't. You. You. His voice fell to a whisper. Daddy said, we fight monsters, and with faith, we will win. <laughs> Whew. Oh, it's so crazy brutal, eh? That bit. Yeah. But we get a um, scene change here. A few we get hours a scene later. change here. Dalinar sat, sits on the edge of the rift, his legs swinging over the broken city. This little bit here with him, you know, sitting on the edge, legs swinging, reminds me of Lyft. First, dude, I was. It's in my notes too. It's Is so it? yes. It's so much like yeah. Lyft. Yeah, it's it's funny how these characters share these moments, mm-hmm. and yet are so so different from completely different but you know there's there's something that he does that sanderson does that kind of combines them or connects them for us you know what i mean yeah for sure 
His new shard blade rest, yeah, get this. So his new shard blade rested across his lap. So we know he's done something with the wife and child yeah. of Tanlan. Mm-hmm. His arms were bandaged, but he chased away the surgeons. I like that too, that line. He chased away the surgeons. Yeah. I wonder if that will come up later. It's almost, it is, almost feels is Kaladin, like... Sorry. No, go, go ahead. Well, is, is Kaladin a surgeon? Will he chase away Kaladin in the, in the future? Right. He chased away surgeons. I, chased away those that would make it better? It almost feels like to me that he wants to feel that pain. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. It's like a good pain oh, I, for him. No, I think, I think you're right. He, he's, again, he, it's, it's weird. He's got this, the bloodlust, the pain, anything yeah. that will distract him from feeling, you know, what he truly wants. Mm-hmm. It's going to be so fascinating to read about his wife. I can't wait. Yeah. Dead bodies in heaps, broken buildings, splinters of civilization. I really like that, splinters of civilization. Me too, it's awesome. Gavilar eventually walked up, trailed by two bodyguards from Dalinar's elites, Kadash and Febin. There you go. There's one of the names that we've been waiting to hear. Mm-hmm. Kadash. So his future Ardent, the one that we right. just talked about, is here. Was a bodyguard. Yeah, he's one of Dalinar's elite elites, of- but he was serving as a bodyguard that day for Dalinar, or for Gavilar. Mm-hmm. For Gavilar, yeah. Gavilar looked thoughtful with those keen pale green eyes that he always seemed to know so much. Growing up, Dalinar had simply assumed that his brother would always be right in whatever he said or did. Aging hadn't much changed his opinion of the man. (laughs) That's nice. Yeah. Congratulations, Gavilar says. Sadius is irate. It wasn't his. He'll find one of his own eventually, Dalinar says. He's too ambitious for me to believe otherwise. Okay. This is so on the nose. (laughs) So on the nose. Because he eventually does find a blade, and it's the same Mm -hmm. blade when Dalinar gives it to him. Right. It's it's crazy on the nose. Yep. This attack nearly cost us too much, says Gavilar. Sadius is saying we need to be more careful, not risk ourselves and our shards in solitary assaults. Sadius is smart, says Dalinar, raising a mug of wine to his lips. It was the only drug he cared about for the pain. And maybe it would help with the shame, too. Mm-hmm. It's interesting that pain and shame are like what he's feeling post right. the battle. Well, he, he was dissatisfied with what he was doing. And if we are to believe what this chapter is telling us, he just did mm-hmm. something really horrible to get that blade. Yeah. So he he has a lot of shame to drink away right now. Both feelings seemed stark. The thrill had receded and left him deflated. What do we do with them, Dalinar? Says Gavilar. Tens of thousands of people. They won't be, they won't be cowed easily. They won't like that you killed their high lord and his heir. Those people will resist us for years. I can feel it. Dalinar takes a drink. Make soldiers of them. Tell them we'll spare their families if they fight for us. You want to stop doing a shardbearer rush at the start of battles? Sounds like we'll need some expendable troops. Jeez, like... Yeah. Like, you know, an, what's that quote from Titanic? Unmanageable, unimaginable bastard. <laughs> right? Right. 
Sadius is right about other things too. About us and what we're going to have to become. Don't talk to me about that. Dalinar. I lost half my elites today, my captain included. I've got enough problems. Why are we here fighting? Is it for honor? Is it for Alethkar? Dalinar shrugs. Mm -hmm. We can't just keep acting like a bunch of thugs, Gavilar says. We can't rob every city we pass. Feast every night. We need discipline. We need to hold the land we have. We need bureaucracy, order, laws, politics. Right. Dalinar closed his eyes. What if Gavilar found out? What does he mean by that? Dalinar closed his eyes, distracted by the shame he felt. Right. What if Gavilar found out? So what do you, what do you think he means? I think it's about the shame. About the shame of... What if he, what if he found out that he's not really that into this? Like he's... Right. He's starting to change. What if, what if he, Gavilar finds out? He does say earlier in the chapter, um... That oh, he was a, finds he, out about, about his affection for, for Yeah, he Navani. does say yeah, that yeah. now. That's why I said it right. may come back later, but I'm not, even though I'm bringing it to the forefront here to discuss it with you, yeah, I don't yeah. necessarily think he means Navani. I think I'm on your side. I think he means what he just did. Whether his it's heart's to, not into it. Yeah, whether yeah. it's to all these men or to what he did in that chamber with the, the wife and the kid, any of that stuff. But I you think know that's what, what he's though? talking about. But Gavilar wants, wants to calm down. He doesn't want to just be a bunch of thugs. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I'm kind of, I'm kind of leaning that it may not be about the shame. It may have more to do with Navani. Maybe it's possible. I also think that Dal- Dalinar has a very specific utility to his brother. Yeah. And if he's not that, then who is he? And if he does not continue to be that, then why was he that to begin with? And why did he put himself through all that just to put it down? Do you know what I mean? Like it's a very hard thing to, to have embraced something and then be like, actually, I probably should never have done this. I was wrong the whole time. Right. So I don't know. There's, there's a lot, there's a lot of different things that one simple statement could mean. And I love that. I love how. What if Gavilar found out? mm -hmm, Yeah. mm Hmm. We're going to have to grow up, Gavilar said softly. This, this little line here mm-hmm. kind of speaks to the Peter Pan theme. Right. We're going to have to grow up and become soft like these high lords we kill. That's why we started, isn't it? Because they were all lazy and fat and corrupt. I don't know anymore. I'm a father now, Dalinar. That makes me wonder about what we do once we have it all. How do we make a kingdom of this place? Right. A kingdom. For the first time in his life, Dalinar found that idea horrifying. Right. Could you, he says to Dalinar, at least try to be a little less foolhardy in future battles? This coming from you? A thoughtful me, Gavilar says. An exhausted me. Enjoy Oathbringer, you earned it. Oathbringer? Your sword. Storms, didn't you listen to anything last night? That's, that's Sunmaker's old sword. Sadiz the Sunmaker. He had been the last man to unite Alethkar centuries ago. Dalinar shifted the blade in his lap, letting the light play off the pristine metal. It's yours now, Gavilar says. By the time we're done, 
I'll have it so that nobody even thinks of Sunmaker anymore. Just House Colon and Alethkar. Mm-hmm. He, he walked away. Dalinar ran the shard blade into the stone and leaned back, closing his eyes again and remembering the sound of a brave boy crying. Whew. Yeah, brutal. So he really <laughs> knows how to end those ending. chapters, eh? Fuck. Oh, man. That was a do. That's a doozy. That's crazy. Yeah. What a great, great chapter. It's, it's such a good chapter. <laughs> it's so good. What's, um, so what do you think about all this at the end here? Oh, about, um, just all of it. Do, do you think, um, I mean, they don't show us him killing the kid probably on purpose because it might be a little, a step too far. Um, do you think the shame is of that or do you think it has more, it's more tied to Navani and the way he feels I about her and the betrayal he might be, you know what I mean? Like his betrayed heart or whatever. I think it, it could be both. Um, it's complicated as a reader. I, I think that you're supposed to bring both of them with you. Right. So the, it's the Navani thing and it's the change that's bubbling in, in Dalinar. So Dalinar has been this black thorn for who knows how long and who knows how much more mm-hmm. in the future. Um, but he, despite his, you know, um, I guess talent at killing and that battle, you know, he, he is even prior to, um, becoming a, acquainted with the way of Kings, he's mm-hmm. already starting to change. Right. Because that's evidenced in the text. He's feeling yeah. shame. He's feeling mm-hmm. dissatisfaction. Yep. Dissatisfaction. Yeah. yeah. You're right. That's, that's actually my highlight is how we start to see even 33 years ago, right. the Dalinar that we eventually know in the way of Kings, like he's there, he's he's underneath that shard plate. He's behind the thorns, right? Like he's in there, but he's going to slowly come out over the next 30 years and be the man that we, that we love and enjoy. (laughs) Right. But he's not that guy yet, but he's in there somewhere. It's just so complicated Mm -hmm. to like try to, it's so, it's such a conflicting sort of experience, I guess, when you're dealing with characters like this. Um, what's your highlight talked before? Oh, um, well, I'll join you in that. Um, yeah, I, I think it's, it's that I was delighted to find out that it was Oathbringer should have picked up on the tip. Right. Um, I also, I also really liked, uh, Tanalan's strategy, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, like in, in terms of trying to get him, um, because he was seem he was seeming like all all invincible, and it was kind of like okay, we get it. You've got all the power. You've got all the, mm-hmm. so you're just marching through this. There's no challenge. But then he does meet a challenge, right? You know, like if if Dalinar was not as competent in battle and tactics, like when he decided to surge forward when he did, mm-hmm. and if 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 Tanalan had been just that much better of a swordsman, yeah. Or imagine if Tanalan had, had plate. Or if he had had plate. Right. If he had had plate, then. It could have went the other way. It might have been of, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Because he literally threw buildings at Dalinar. He totally did. Essentially. Like it's a different, it's like lashing. Like it's not like you're launching a building, but you're forcing Dalinar to fall and hit that building. I also kind of like how yeah. the tactic that Tanalan does to try to get Dalinar in them d- 
Dalinar uses the same tactic against Tanalan because he's about to get pelted mm. with all these arrows. So he smashes the p- platform behind b- beneath him in yeah. order to be able to get away from right. that. Right. So right. it's a kind of like a, um, a give and take this whole tactic. So, mm-hmm. you know, it almost cost Dalinar something, but it definitely cost ta- Tanalan something as well. So, yeah. I also like, I think the highlight for me too is the rift. Yeah. The title. Yeah. It's really cool. The title is so good because this, this appears to be a wedge between Dalinar and Sadius and Gavilar. Yeah. Maybe. Eh? It's at the beginnings of it one could, anyways. It's the beginnings of one. Yeah. I, um, I have the beginnings of an info dump here. If we want to pivot quickly. Let's launch. Let's launch into it. So it's a pretty simple one today. Um, we covered okay. chapters 10 and 11. In 10, mm. we meet a few characters. There's Sot. He was the guard in Horn Hollow. Yes. Kem was the, one of the ones that were attacked by a Parshman in Horn Hollow. And then there's uh, the cute female uh, Ardent that seems to have the hots for Kaladin, but we don't get a name for right. her. Right. We don't get a name, eh? Mm. No. Um, there is the... Um, oh, hold on a second... We, uh, we learn a little bit more about Rashadium, um, Edwin Gallant's mm. uh, watery blue eyes. Um, there's, hold on, let me just open my thing up here. Um, Bashan is, um, uh, a Huntsmaster, um, that we, uh, actually hear about in Way of Kings, all those, the, the, those, uh, the, those books ago, which is really, really fun that the, this name comes back again. Um, Vim, Vivim trees, the, uh, alley, uh, the valley was clogged with Vivim trees, which wound their spindly branches together to create an almost impenetrable wall of forestation. I could kind of see like a, um, you know, like a, a spell in D and D, like a wall of trees or whatever. Like this is what it would look like. Um, we talked a little bit about the, uh, Akani region, which is the prime farmland in Sadius's territory, which is one of the reasons why his princedom is so valuable. Um, this, I get again, the town that he goes to is Horn Hollow. And we talk about this new creature called Gumfrems. You had pointed out before that this was a, mm. um, a l- source small, of, but a, yeah, yeah, but a source of gem hearts and they, uh, s- mm-hmm. and allows them to, uh, to not have to soul cast all their meat because they can eat the Gumfrem meat, right. which is nice too. Um, we get a little bit of information about spren reproduction. Um, and whether or not (laughs) Spren can have babies and we also want to do our side show called Spren babies, but like Muppet (laughs) babies, uh, which is super fun. (laughs) Um, in chapter 11, uh, we meet Bright Lord Tanalan, who is obviously the Mm. leader of Rathalas. Um, Mm. Febin is another name of one of Dalinar's elites along with Taleb, which we finally get the name of the archer and Kadash, which is great. Um... We have a few little things here. Thaka is another one of Dalinar's elites, but he dies in the trap. Um, we also get the, um, we've had this term before, but I'll bring it up again. A green vine, which is an, like um, the word, right. it's just a, a noob or a rookie for, uh, in, in Roshar. Mm-hmm. That's um, what I am. I'm a green vine. I'm a green vine. Yeah, me too. Um, <laughs> one of the more important kind of info dumps we get here is Sadiz the Sunmaker. He's the last man yeah. to unite Alethkar, and he was the uh, yeah. you know previous owner of Oathbringer, which Oathbringer, is yeah. really, really cool. We get a little bit of you know uh, history about the blade, which 
you know, the book is called Oathbringer, so it makes sense that we get a little bit of history. So, um, mm-hmm. also the city, um, uh, had ballista and catapults, all kinds of really cool things, tactics that they tried. And then, um, Dalinar says that he beat Tanalan in a game of pawns, which pawns, we don't know if yeah. this is dice or cards, but it is some kind of game. Maybe pawns is more like chess. That's no, what I would guess. Yeah, I think yeah. so too. So yeah, so that's the info dump. Uh, thanks again to Buzzkill Joe for doing all the prep work for that. It is awesome to be able to have mm-hmm. that off my plate. And Buzz, you always do such a fantastic job. So thanks again. Um, that's the end of the episode, everyone. We want to say a really huge thank you to everyone for listening. We also want to say a very specific thank you to everyone from the Patreon group. Um, they um, are part of our community. They are on Discord. They talk to us. They give us ideas. They give us inspiration. And um, it is time for me to go quickly go through the list of patron names here. So um, we have a list of 124 now. Thank you, everyone, for joining. And I'm going to try to go through them as quickly as I can. Um, we have Caleb Lay, Sister of the Rain, Very Spicy Nut, Joel Carnes, Alex Black, Waneros, Atherinal, Barbara Trigolette, Cat Tux, Hendrix Limbach, Eliphilet. I wish some of them would just say their name. Like there's some of these that are just so complicated. <laughs> Will Streckfus, Robin Todd, Jamie Piga, Kaushtabvarshni, Asaf Mahsia, Ian Henry, Zane Jeffries, Asta, Waterman85, Daniel Altridge, JS, Joseph Sherry, Jacqueline de Roca. Man, that's a nice name. John Kern, <laughs> Kunal Chaudhry, Automatic Bear, Ryan Shea, Amigo Cat, Scorpio245, Sandra G, Stephen Coolia, Shanidi, James Wallace, Michael Colling, Grant Hoffmeister, Yezrian, Chloe Lewis, Kyle Wilson, Tony Hernandez, Jesus Rocho, Sarah Marshall, Dark Moon Nightness, Milan Radnovic, Genevieve Blanc, Brian Taylor, Dana Gustafson, Jesse Fay, Cannoli, Jaden Guerra, Ryan Phillips, Sarah six seven seven or six seven seven, Sarah Slagle, C Carr, Tom Gonzalez, Mark Pinto, Maria Verum, Lawrence Bradley, Cody Logan, Jonathan Whittington, Tommy Turpin, Itzazer, Julia Peeble, Justin Elliott, Laura, Chris Whaley, Omni Orcus, Alec Guerin, James Johnson. Andrew Woods, James M, Valkov Marin, Chelsea Walker, James Pryor, Chad Kirkman, Christopher Bagley, Megan Lloyd, Richard Fesserson. Also, hold on, let's just back up for a second here. <laughs> and let's say quickly, if you enjoy listening to StormPod content, I highly suggest you go and find a podcast called My Sister Made Me View It. Our good friend Megan Lloyd and her sister Emily have a podcast. They mm-hmm. are currently going through the uh, words of radiance and they do like five, four, five, six chapters at a time. And, um, they are super fun, super funny, only in the way that two really hilarious sisters can be like they're equal parts insulting each other with laughter and then also being serious about the material. They're a really great listen. And if you are, you know, if you're like waiting for our next episode to come out and you need something to binge while you're at work, or if you're on your run, go check my sister made me view it. You will not be disappointed. 
Richard Fetherson, Ilya Serden, Daniel Lee, Elvira, Denver Rose, David Clamage, Andrew S., The Best College Football Podcast, Jason Stock, Ashlyn Lee, Anna P., Pat Bevins, Thomas Kavar, Matthew Eaton, Cosette, James Reed, Jean-Marc David, Steph Baum, Alex Tramp, Joey Willman, Ratman, P. Flume, Brandon Comer, Jasper, Silver Lumos, Joshua, Nisala, Ryan, Josh, Alexander, Janzi, Wick, Joseph Mingoya, Daniel Wyden, Werewolf Will, John M., Jake DeFeo, Robert Goebel, My Mom Sue, Ari Zhu, Bruce Rogers, Joel Hayes, Don Chalice, Mr. Murasami, Christian Pappy, no, 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 Jack's wife, Linda, and our best friend, Mike. Wow, that is a long list, bro. Um... <laughs> <laughs> so if you are interested in becoming part of the Patreon team and having your name read out loud at the end of the show, and please, if you do, like, just put a regular name. Don't, like, you know, put some kind of gamer tag that you had when you were 12. Anyways, if you are interested, go to patreon.com slash heroes of, and you can uh, join up for the, the, the discord group there too. It is super fun. If you want to reach out to us, you can do so at heroes of Catherine uh, at gmail.com. You can hit us up on Twitter at heroes of one on Instagram at the storm pod. Don't forget to join up on the subreddit and the Facebook page. Um, so yeah, we are going to do chapters 12 and 13 next episode, Jack. Mm, very excited. excited. Very excited. Um, I am very excited <laughs> to go and pick up my kids from school. So um, we <laughs> okay. will talk to you later. Thank you very much for listening, everyone. We love you very much. Till next time. Take care, everybody. The Storm Pod is brought to you by Heroes of. Music and theme song by Jack Forrest Productions. Additional music by Jason Moray. Produced by our wonderful Patreon team and the Heroes of Acathra. <laughs>